This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. Exile, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Cranch. Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome once again to the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast. I am Rich Cranch alongside, as always, a man who has achieved godlike status and the king of banter, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? How many weeks in a row are you going to go with the godlike status? Well, hey, you know. It sticks. I, I feel like now you're just like doing it facetiously to rub it in because it sounds pompous as hell. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> sort of. Yeah. I wonder if it. And we talked about this in previous weeks that at some point you might just be embarrassed by it and be like, "Rich, hey, look, like, you know, step down a little bit. Like, I'm not, I'm not a god, obviously, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm, I'm, I'm testing your limits. I'm seeing if, if, if your, uh, your ego knows any bounds, and I, I don't think it will. But we'll see. We'll find out. You are, you are getting more uncomfortable by the week. So I think uh, we're getting pretty close. It's a little uncomfortable. Do you do you see how Cody enters on AEW? Yeah. Oh, you said you want to enter the bedroom, and and when we do a video uh, cast of the show, which I do not think will ever happen, uh, but if we ever did, yeah, you want to enter that way as well. So. Oh, so I'm repeating bits. You here, are. <laughs> this is bad. Yeah, it was like I don't even remember that I repeated I think these. We bits. talked about that like I, maybe two weeks ago, maybe even last week, to be honest. But uh... to be fair, we're doing this show in the middle of the night, <laughs> later than we've ever done it before. Um, so no, I don't, I don't remember that I did these bits already. So yeah, it's bad, man. It's real bad. <laughs> that's what happens late. So that's, that's what you got to look forward to for the rest of the show for the next three hours is, uh, we don't remember what we've talked about before ever. And, uh, we're all really tired and, and sleepy, but, uh, I think this will be a fun one. I mean, this is a loaded show. We have a ton to get to here. We got the new Japan, uh, power struggle. We're going to talk about that entire show, the ramifications of that show, the return of Hiromu, the Wrestle Kingdom mini tournament main event that we now know about. Uh, we also have the, uh, world tag league lineup and we'll, we'll dunk on that for a little bit and then, uh, give our expectations for, for this year's world tag league uh then we have mlw had a uh, big show uh last weekend we're going to talk about that review that uh AEW full gear coming up this weekend as well uh just a crazy weekend in, in in japanese wrestling as well so we'll talk about some of the stuff that we watch in terms of uh, uh big japan dragon gate ddt and also uh, a noah show which has not made air yet but has some news uh surrounding it as well but uh we did want to start out real quickly um Touching on a little American wrestling, and in this case, uh, WWE, and and I know that you did this, you know, as most people are are listening to this already, or actually, I think it's up already now. Your uh, TV reviews, your your Thursday TV reviews, uh, covering the Wednesday Night Wars, which I'm sure is going to be pretty fun because, uh, man, I was shocked at the ratings that we saw this week. And we're not going to go into gigantic ratings talk here, and I'm sure you did that already on that show. But uh, what'd you make of of NXT being right on the heels uh, of AEW in terms of uh, overall ratings uh, this this week? Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. Detailed rating talk every Thursday on the uh, on the Wednesday Night War. Which, Rich, 
is now an actual it's war. It's a war. We got a competition, baby. And uh, it's it's that, that word always makes people weird. You know, every time we say that, people get upset and they go, no, I just want everybody to be happy. And I just want, no, wars are great. <laughs> like, like uh, not real wars. Really- like, I'm not a huge fan of real wars, but fucking wrestling wars, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just wrestling companies going at each other, looking at monitors, looking at quarter hours, trying to figure out how to maximize. I mean, that stuff's awesome. That stuff's really cool. I don't understand why people don't enjoy it. I mean, I'm glad it's real close now, too, because it's only going to make all of this a hell of a lot more fun. Because, um, I mean, it, you know, it's like I said behind the paywall today. It, now, next week, there's a legitimate chance we don't know who won. You know, whereas the first four or five weeks or whatever it was, AW got off to such a great start. That it was a formality who was going to win everything. Right, you can almost declare a- the war over almost this early. It was just like, well, that's it. <laughs> like, there's no way they're going to catch up. And, and Yeah, well, it was just like every week, every Thursday, there wasn't a ton of anticipation. It was just a matter of how much they were going to win by. Right, right. You know, they were winning by hundreds of thousands of viewers. And most weeks, they were doubling NXT in the demo. You know, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less, but essentially doubling them in, in the demo, which is crazy. And now the demo is even down to 0.35, and uh, NXT did a 0.30. And it wasn't even so much that AEW slipped. NXT just made a tremendous leap this week. You know, they were a 0.18 in the demo last week. And they're all the way up to a 0.3, and that's a neighborhood that they have never been in since this thing started. You know, they, they, I think they peaked at a 0.21. A couple of weeks ago, uh, since it's been head to head. So, you know, they're breathing down their necks, not only in total viewers, less than 10,000 behind, but also in the demo itself. The, the question, though, Rich, and I spoke about this at length already behind the paywall. So I want your take. The question is do you think this was a one week bump, a one week bump for NXT based on a tremendous angle on SmackDown, which carried over through Raw? And then got people curious about AEW, and do you think it will sustain? I mean, what's your feeling on that? I, I, I do think it will sustain a little bit. Maybe not to this extent, but I think as long as the Survivor Series thing is happening, I, I, I tend to think as long as they're talking about NXT and making NXT feel important on those main roster shows, now you have people going, look, well, I guess I got to watch it. you know. And, and, and what we're, we're know what we're going to see, too, and again, we called this months and months and months ago, is that the second main roster guys started coming to NXT, that number then shot up. So don't think that that's going to stop. You know, it might people are sort of saying, well, once Survivor Series is over, uh, then it'll just be back to normal. I don't believe that anymore. Now I think that they look at this and go, oh, okay, hold on. Like now we got the secret sauce here is maybe it's not necessarily just a, a, a hot angle. And we'll find out next week if, if it doesn't maybe follow up to that same extent and it's just kind of a normal angle or whatever. Nothing big happens because uh, I think they're in Europe. I, I think the Raw crew and, and or maybe both are in Europe. I forget what. But. So there's not going to be NXT interaction really on main roster TV this week. And if we don't see that same bump, then we'll know, okay, it was just a one-week thing. It was, it was kind of just inflated by this. But I don't believe that's the case. I believe that just them sort of getting them on equal footing, saying, hey, look, this NXT thing exists. Hey, look, this NXT thing's on USA or whatever, got people that may have never watched NXT before to tune into it. And that's a tremendous success by them. And that was smart by them. And it's pretty interesting that they kind of you know fell ass backwards into that. We'll talk about that uh, in, in a sec as well. But I do think it's going to sustain because I can't imagine 
and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm absolutely wrong, but I can't imagine a main roster person that had never watched NXT before turning on and watching this week's NXT and just going, eh, nah, not for me, and then just never coming back again. Like that, because it was a tremendous show. Like they had a great show uh, to boot as well. So it was a good time for them to bring a bunch of extra fans in because they were met with a, a really, really, really good show out of NXT. So I, I don't know. I, we'll, we'll, we'll see where it is. I tend to think that this is going to stay a little bit, and I don't think it's a one-week blip. I do think that, that they've, they've maybe tapped into a market that hadn't watched them before, that is now watching them before. No, they're not going to retain 100% of those new people, but retaining at least a, a solid amount of those new people is is going to keep them in the running and keep this interesting and fun for the next, uh, next at least the next few weeks until Survivor Series, but I think after that as well, because the main roster guys are coming back. Like th- This is not a one-time deal. Well, again, you can get this in more detail behind the paywall every week, patreon.com slash voice wrestling, $5 level. But um, I don't even think like it's so much that there's main roster wrestlers appearing on NXT. A main roster, a main roster wrestler appeared on NXT week one of this thing. Okay. They didn't waste any time. We talked about it and did our victory lap. We knew they were going to go to that playbook. They bought Finn Balor over this time. You know, it was the OC, but I think more importantly, Rich, and I want your take on this as well, is that with, with the, with the way that the angle went down on SmackDown and, and to a lesser extent, the way it went down on raw, uh, what they've done here is NXT is not this little island brand anymore. Right. They've made it part of the mainline canon because of the storyline. So to me, that's the key. Because now you have – because this is this is what's interesting too. SmackDown did not do a monster number based on the invasion angle. It did right around what it was doing before you know the FS1 mess. Raw did not pop a big number. Uh, coming off of the angle, and that's when people knew the angle was happening. Raw did what it usually does, and in fact, it, it plummeted. Tanked, it tanked oh my god, it plummeted! That third hour plummet is, is legendary. Yeah, yeah. So, so what we've seen is this angle hasn't popped anything on Raw and SmackDown yet. Okay, but what it has done is popped NXT tremendously. So, what does that tell me? That tells me that uh, they have successfully drawn. Your mainline casual slash hardcore WWE fans who normally don't pay attention to NXT, they have successfully coaxed them into paying attention to NXT by making NXT a true third brand and part of the running canon of the company. Whereas the previous four weeks, when NXT was losing viewers week after week, it was because it was just presented as the developmental brand. Right. And 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 your casual slash, you know, uh typical WWE fan who never paid attention to before was given no reason to stick with it after they tried it those first couple right it was minor league and it was presented as minor league it looked minor league everything about it was minor league and 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 yeah in almost one week they've been able to kind of turn that around and and it's something that we thought they would do from day one and they never really did they kind of did still kind of present it you know as you know the sort of third out of the three brand and 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 a clear minor league but but we kind of assumed that they would be just like on not maybe not equal footing, but near equal footing, and they didn't do that for the first four weeks. And we see how important it is just to kind of present them as like, yeah, look, they they might be the quote unquote minor leagues, or they might be a different brand, but like, no, they're th- these guys, you know, are, are are you know they mean business. They're they're here. They're on the main roster, and they're going to get wins. And like, I think they did a tremendous job. I mean, Friday's SmackDown, I think was, and again, we'll talk about how they got there. But I mean, I thought that was a tremendous show, like one of the better 
you know, WWE does not do invasion angles very well. Uh, they usually find a way to fuck them up, and I'm, I'm sure this one will be no exception once it gets down to it. But I thought that Friday, I mean, that was as good as you can book it possibly. I mean, they, those guys came in there. They felt like a million bucks. They looked like a million bucks. They took names, and they, they, they demanded that you stand up and watch them. They demanded that you then watch that week of NXT. And we, we saw how that played out when you just make people feel important, just make guys feel like they matter how much they matter. It's, 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 it's insane how easily it is to, you know, to do it, sometimes. It, I thought it was the best main roster show, meaning Raw or SmackDown, that they've had that I could remember. I thought it was that good of a show for two hours. And they, they for once, this company, who notoriously botches every attempt at any kind of uh, invasion angle due to ego and everything else, for once, they handled it perfectly. The invaders came in to WWE's home turf, and they kicked their ass for two hours. That's how you book an invasion angle. That's how you get an invasion angle over. You know, if you know, it, 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 I wish they would have done WCW this way. And because they didn't, that's why they popped one buy rate and then it plummeted into the sea. Because, you know, the, the WCW looked inept within a week of the thing. This NXT came on the SmackDown and every single segment they were in, they dominated the main roster wrestlers and beat them up and beat them in the ring. Right down to the main event. But it, it's interesting in that I want to see this week if SmackDown goes up. I want to see this week if Raw goes up based on the angle. It's like it hasn't helped. though. It didn't help those shows this week. But what it did is it got people interested in NXT in pretty large numbers. Because people who normally weren't watching NXT said to themselves, oh, if I want to keep up with what's going on in this company, I got to watch NXT this week. Right. If I want to see the next step in this story, I got to watch it. I can't miss NXT this week. So they were successful in that regard. I think you, you mentioned something else that was important, though. Do you trust them to do this right? I don't. I think they're going to screw it up at some point. And that's just because of precedent and history. That's not me being negative. I, th- I thought WWE had a great week. T- Look, I didn't love Raw. But I thought SmackDown was great, and I really liked NXT. And I really liked this storyline. And I think it's the right play, and I think it's the right move. But I have zero confidence that they do it properly. And like you noted just a few minutes ago, I don't even know that they're bringing the NXT guys to Europe. That's going to kill the momentum right there. Yeah, I think I, – I, I don't know. They might have to change, and they might have to send some guys over there. But that's going to be a very weird year uh, week, I should say, for, for WWE because, yeah, I think a lot of the other guys are going over to Europe. And yeah, it's going to kind of whatever was going on with this angle, I assume has to stop right now, but they might say, fuck it. No, hey, this thing's going. So let's grab a collection of guys and go over there. But then you're not going to be able to have them on NXT TV that way. So it's, it's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what they're going to do this week. Because, you know, Rich, they didn't advertise the OC on NXT. At least they didn't push it real hard. Okay, I don't know if it was 100% a surprise, but I know for a fact it wasn't like they were blasting it out there. Tune into NXT to see AJ Styles. So. You know, people came, dropped in because they were fo- they wanted to follow the story. That's why the number went up. And, you know, as far as the AEW perspective, Rich, I, you know, 
independent of the great gains that NXT made, I don't think it was a disastrous week for them. Do you know they actually went up a tick in the demo from 0.34 to 0.35? I mean, essentially it's a wash, but technically they went up. Right, right. It was demo. one of those things where maybe just more wrestling fans tuned in this week, which is good. <laughs> That's not the worst thing in the well, world either. Yeah, so. I mean, I think WWE finally converted some of their fans into watching NXT, and I do think they probably took a few vo- viewers from AEW based on the angle. Um, because I, I expected AEW to be a little closer to 900,000. And I think they did 822. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did take some viewers from AEW this week based on the fact that they had the hot angle. That wouldn't shock me at all. But th- the thing is, if they don't bring NXT talent to Europe and we have a Raw and a SmackDown and, and, the, and, the, and the story and this angle has just kind of stalled, I mean, what the fuck? I mean, you can't. I mean, you know... It, that explain that a hundred percent explains NXT's game. There's no other reason for it, right? I'm not, I'm not missing anything, right? I mean that this angle is the reason NXT had those. Big oh games. yeah, yeah. I saw a few people be like, "Well, the momentum of NXT has finally paid off." I think, no, it didn't. Like they've been having good shows since they did. Well, like, they've lost yeah. viewers. Exactly. They've lost viewers for five consecutive weeks. Right. There was something no different happened this week, and it was oh yeah, the NXT people were kicking everyone's ass on SmackDown. Like, that's all that changed. So that has to be it. Like, I won't listen to anything else. I mean, that's clearly they've what had, it was. They've had good to great shows for five straight weeks and have lost viewers for five right, straight right, weeks. Right. You think that all of a sudden this Today, week, everyone was like, you know what? That NXT's been pretty good. The NXT that I haven't been watching because obviously I'm not being counted, you know, those ratings. I, I haven't watched it, but now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and watch it this week because I heard it's been good the last five weeks. So... Can't wait to yeah. see what happens. Yeah, I mean, that, you're, you're insane if that's what you oh, think. Oh, shot. It's, a, it's 100% the angle. And, uh, you know, I'm afraid they won't follow up. And if they do follow up, there's a really good chance they're going to fuck it up anyway. I mean, it's like, if I'm doing this, NXT continues to dominate everyone on the main roster until Survivor Series. That's the way I would book it. Then at Survivor Series... That's where you either have your blow-off matches or you continue it in some way. But then NXT can take their lumps a little bit. But you've got to let NXT keep dominating to keep building them up until you get to that pay-per-view. That's how you build a pay-per-view, right? I mean, it's just in, you know, this is old school now, okay? So that's how I would do it. You know that that's, like, against all of their instincts. So. Oh, for sure. No, it'll be 50-50 by next week, for sure. Like, Which is a huge mistake. You know, it's it's none of those NXT wrestlers should lose or really show any ass until the pay-per-view. Um, I, I mean, SmackDown was perfect. You even had, like, Bianca Belair tossing Carmella over storage crates. And yeah, right, right. No, they, they, they did. Just, I mean, everything. Everything was perfect. That's exactly what every invasion angle should be. And they've, yeah, they've never really done it. And it was it was amazing to see what they did on SmackDown because you're like, yeah, there you go. Like, it's not that hard. Like, treat the invaders as... Not even equals is one thing. Like equals is obviously the bare minimum you want, but you want to treat those invaders like holy fuck. They're 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 doing shit here. Like they're they're causing issues. I mean, honestly, we talk about all uh, all the time, and and it's kind of you know it's old history at this point. But the best invasion angle ever was the NWO because it was presented as these guys from WWF are coming into WCW. It obviously for legal reasons had to move away from that pretty quickly thereafter. But the reason it got that initial buzz was, Hey, here's these guys from this other company. What are they doing here? And they just fucking beat everybody up. And it was like, okay, well now we got to pay. Like eventually they had to become the NWO. Eventually they couldn't say, Hey, these guys are from up North or whatever. But the first few weeks, the first month, the first, you know, whatever was these guys, these WWF wrestlers, Razor Ramon and, and, and Diesel, have come into WCW and now they're invading and and what they did is they they power bombed the owner they beat everybody up and it was like holy shit okay like let's go and and obviously 
kickstarted the NWO angle, which, yeah, unfortunately, at some point, you have to have the babyfaces win. <laughs> you know, at some point, yeah. Raw and SmackDown have to beat NXT, but, you know, at least you get a little bit more out of it. And, and, and WWE's been very, or, you know, they, they haven't done that always in their history. WCW almost from day one was getting their ass kicked, and it was like, yeah, this isn't going to work. <laughs> like, this just, you know, it's, it's not going to happen. And, and even ECW, for, to a lesser extent, uh, when they quote unquote invaded in, you know, 97 or whatever, it was the same deal. It was like, these guys are, yeah. these bingo hall losers are getting their asses kicked. And it's like, okay, well, why would I care? Like, why would I give a shit about these guys? So uh, they've so far done it pretty good. But yeah, I, the, the faith that they kind of see it through uh, is pretty low. But let's let's talk a little bit about, you know, falling ass. We, we talk about it all the time. Don't it be when their backs are against the wall, when they're forced to do something, when something kind of comes out of nowhere and, and it forces their hand, they end up usually making the most of it. They, they're pretty good at that. Like, they're pretty good at capitalizing on something they can't possibly not capitalize on. Like, they do a good job with that. The Kofi Kingston, uh, WrestleMania build, people forget that that wasn't supposed to be him. It was supposed to be Ali, and Ali got hurt, and they were just like, all right, fuck it, Kofi. And they just, like, caught fire, and the Kofi thing happened. Like, it just happened, and you couldn't deny it. You, you couldn't, you know, turn away from it. Like, the Becky Lynch thing, to a lesser extent, was the same thing, where it was just like, all right, well, let's do it. We got to go with it. And and this week, you know, it's SmackDown, uh, and and obviously the, the normal roster not being able to be there because of the Saudi show uh was pretty fascinating as well just to see them fall like again ass backwards into what was probably their best tv show in in years but uh yeah we have not touched on the saudi stuff because obviously we recorded our show last week uh pretty early uh in the week but uh yeah what'd you make of of everything that was going on and uh uh the wrestlers and their uh (laughs) mechanical issues joe with their plane and the one and only plane that was leaving saudi arabia that night but uh yeah what'd you make of uh the saudi situation (laughs) I mean, obviously, we don't know anything anybody else knows. Um, we did get, you know, a couple messages from people who, you know, and 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 you know that it, it was it, it was definitely there were people who who were who thought it was a little scary. There's no question about that. Um, if you look at the tweets and some of the stuff from some of the wrestlers and some of the wrestlers' families, there was definitely concern. Um, you know, it, it's. You got AJ Styles telling Meltzer that he talked to the pilot, um, and and that it, what really was it was a mechanical issue, and and but it's like, why isn't anyone else corroborating that side of it? Why isn't anyone confident enough to come out and say, yeah, I agree, it was it was this is overblown. Right. They all they all see that this story has taken on a life of its own, right? They're not stupid. Right. They, they, they're all on Twitter. Um, you know, they all follow the news sites. They all talk to Meltzer. Right. So it's like if this was total BS and it strictly was a matter of, you know, guys working on the plane. Why is no one else with the exception of Natalia, I think, was the only other person. Coming on to corroborate that story and to and to quell all of it, because none of them are sure. Otherwise, they would be doing that. Because what would be the motivation or the motive to allow this serious of a rumor to just spread like wildfire? If, it, if, 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 you know, there were 200 people left behind. Two of them are backing up the company. <laughs> exactly. Right, right, right. I mean, that's not, you know, that's not a good percentage. Rich. Right. There, there's like, a WWE press release and then there's two people that agree with the press release and then everybody else who either hasn't said anything silent or was just happy to be home and said, ah, just glad to be home. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and, the, and, and, the, and honestly, the silence speaks volumes. Sure. You know, it's like th- you're talking about 198 people that are saying nothing. 
and two people who are saying, ah, sure, I buy what they're selling. And I'm not even picking on AJ Styles or Natalia. They're entitled to their opinion, and no one knows for sure. And uh, you know, if that they think that was think that's fine, you know, and they may be right for all I know. Because, but there were two hundred other people on that flight who, you know, were putting out some pretty scary tweets and 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 just some stuff there where if you read between the lines that they were pretty terrified. Yeah. Oh, and and like you said, we had people that that were reeling what they were hearing from people that that, yes. that were there of the 200 or so people first hand accounts yeah, first hand accounts and those people aren't going ah, yeah whatever man <laughs> mechanically like the word we got is this is scary we want to leave like it, it was it was not good it wasn't like it, 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 these guys again <laughs> this is the thing that's so fascinating about this press release and aj's you know account of the story or whatever and whoever else has this account of oh it was just mechanical failure or whatever like these guys have flight delays all the time yeah, all the time their flights are delayed. They're moving flights. They're doing this. They're grabbing cars. They're finding. They're finding. I mean, these guys travel for a life, uh, a living. This is what they do. They deal with this shit all the time. Tell yourself, you know, really think about, like, go and look at the tweets that were being sent out during this versus the tweets that are sent out when their rental car gets screwed up in Toledo. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the same thing. It's like, you know, it, we didn't, we weren't getting the, hey, at, you know, airline, like, fuck you guys, my ticket guy. Like, because that's what we usually get is like, you know, wrestler X pissed off at American Airlines because they fucked his flight up or whatever. And then, you know, two minutes later, he's on a different flight, but he's annoyed because American Airlines fucked his flight up. So he goes, you know, thank you for United, you know, at United for, for you know, saving my ass. Fuck you, you know, at American Airlines. Like, that's, that's the normal stuff we see on a weekly basis, a daily basis from Indie wrestlers from from WWE wrestlers, we were getting prayer emojis. We were getting oh no's. We were getting silence. We were getting you know anybody who had any sort of sources were getting that same stuff as well. That like nobody was saying ah whatever working on the plane. I'm sure it'll be fine. Like we weren't getting that. Like that we were getting a completely different tenor and a completely different conversation around this. And if you think it was. I, I don't believe it was just because they were in Saudi Arabia. Like, I've heard that as well. Is that like, oh, it's like people were just scared because they were in a different country or whatever. Like, these guys get tra- travel issues in different countries all the fucking time. They're about hey, to all- you know what? No, even if it was just because they were in Saudi Arabia, that's valid. Yeah, right. I mean, they, they that's, that's didn't the feel safe. There was 198 yeah. people and probably 200, but they've changed their tune, that didn't feel safe there. That didn't feel like they were being treated properly one way or another. And, yeah, again, we have firsthand accounts, and you could just read the tweets. You could just feel... The, the emotions coming through on these tweets and then eventually when guys are getting home I mean how fucking Carl Anderson's been traveling around the world for years he comes home and his wife and kids are crying and his wife is saying no I don't want a new pool I just want my husband home like what do you know like, yeah. like it just doesn't happen this is clearly something different so yeah you can buy that there was only one plane that these guys could ever use to get out of there uh, even though I think they were at a pretty big airport of a pretty rich country and they're a pretty rich company, like they could have just probably flown commercial or flown something else or rerouted flights or whatever. You know, I, I whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to say about it. Uh, it was certainly bizarre and, and definitely weird. But yeah, any, anybody buying the company line, like there, there's something more there than, than they're letting well, on. I mean, we're never going to know other, the whole story probably. So until guys- just other, well, I mean, there's other smoke to the fire. I mean, Vince delaying the sh- the the fucking stream the of the airing of the show in Saudi Arabia, um, the the weird line on the P and L on the quarterly report where there was you know uh, uh, an accounts receivable amount that that hadn't been accounted for yet, which pretty much matches up with what we think they're making from the Saudi deal, and then all of the talk you know the Hugo Savinovich thing where you know and that Hugo Savinovich thing where he talked about the Saudis uh, owing Vince money and that's why he delayed the airing of the show, Rich. 
what did we have in our DM box all day long before Hugo yeah. said that? <laughs> that Saudi Arabia owes Vince money and that there was an yeah. argument about money between the Saudis and Vince. So, yeah. From all kinds of different people who don't know each other and everything else. So it's like, um, you know, where there's, there's an awful lot of smoke, right? So there's probably some kind of fire here. And we're probably never going to find out because, again, you know, they, they skate because they're wrestling. They skate on this entire Saudi deal because they're wrestling and no one takes it seriously. If this was, you know, um, I don't know, a, a Broadway production or I can't even think of something else, uh, NBA players, it probably would have been a mainstream story everywhere. If, if, an, if, if two NBA teams were stuck in, um, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia and there were all these other sh- – and, and the Saudis owed the NBA money – and, and, and everything you don't think this would have been a oh it'd be black, yeah it'd be it'd be top it'd be story, story and, in yeah. the world for three days right and, I mean, and that's i had a tweet that you know on friday that was like you know are we, are we gonna make a bigger deal about this like when are we gonna like eventually and now like only like i i saw yesterday vice wrote an article or i forget who it was uh advice i think it was luis uh, I, I forget his last name but it, he was he was at vice i think he's a former deadspin guy and a few other places kind of picked it up like this week, like a day or two ago, and I'm like, what? you guys missed the ball here. Like this was a big story, and then like yeah, the added caveat of Vince and and you know a bunch of other dudes that can afford a, a plane, just saying, uh, all right, bye, <laughs> like have fun, like figure this out on your own. Like that did happen. Like you can sort of say, oh no no, da, 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 da. this is why that happened. Like no, it happened. Like twenty dudes got out of there, <laughs> you know, and and those twenty dudes were all guys that were very important to the company or very rich thing. men too. So yeah, and even if it legitimately was a mechanical issue that doesn't mean journalists shouldn't look into it to find out this is very similar to the kylie ray story in that okay even if it's not something nefarious it's it's the due diligence of of looking into these things and finding out right. it's just something different happened something yes. unique and different and newsworthy happened so you look into it and if you find out it was a mechanical then it is what it is but it's like no one even bothers to look into it because it's wrestling yep. And the other thing is, even if it was just a mechanical failure and nothing nefarious whatsoever, the fact that Vince hopped on a plane and left everybody behind is still a story. What a move. What kind of move is that? I mean, who does that? And the fact that you have all these wrestlers that are hot at McMahon for doing that and telling Meltzer and everything. And listen, can I just make something clear, too? If you don't believe Meltzer and you think he's making up that wrestlers are telling him that they're hot at Vince for leaving them in Saudi Arabia. And skipping off by himself. If you're one of those people who thinks that Dave Meltzer makes things up, don't listen to the show. I don't even want you listening to the show. You're you're a moron. You're a complete idiot. I, I don't I cannot deal with, with you if if you think Dave Meltzer is going on the air on his radio show and making up stories that pro wrestlers are telling him that they're scared for their lives and 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 pissed off of Vince McMahon because he left them behind side. I don't even want you listening. I mean, I, cause you, that's beyond the pale to me in ignorance. If you think that's the case, 35 years doing this, that the man just uh, makes up fairy tales in his head. But, but it, 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 that's still a story that Vince left them behind too. So an absolute mess. And we're a few days removed now just because of the timing cycle of when we do this show. And Rich, I mean, it's the story's dead. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nowhere anymore. It's over. I mean, they had their meeting and no, nobody spoke up. And I have to tell you, I see a lot of people saying that the wrestlers were cowardly for not speaking up and that sort of thing. I don't know if I would have spoke up. It's like, what, what's that going to get you? Standing up in that meeting and confronting Vince McMahon. And it's like, if, if, if these wrestlers who are telling Meltzer 
that they're fed up and they're they're never going back to Saudi Arabia and they're going to uh, you know leave the company when their contracts are up, I'd sit there in silence too. I would tell them, look, I don't want to go to Saudi Arabia. I'm not going to do that to my family again because they've honored that. Anyone who hasn't wanted to go to Saudi Arabia, as far as we know, hasn't been forced right. to go. Kevin Owens, Dana Bryan. Um, the Miz was weird, you know, conspicuous by his absence on this tour. Sammy Zane. As well. Well, <laughs> Sammy's not so, invited, so I don't know well, if Sammy not necessarily wants to go right. or not. This I don't different. think Sammy's really This is different. He's not allowed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Sammy and the women My bad. Uh, <laughs> really have much of a say uh, in that. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't yeah. think, I don't think Sammy's... Uh, I think it's safe to say, though, that he wouldn't want to be there. Probably anyway. not. It's, no, I don't know, think I, I think he would. If they invited him, I think he would uh, respectfully decline the, the invite. So that's... Yeah. But point is, people who have asked not to go, I mean, they've generally, as far as we know, we haven't heard any stories of them forcing people to go. So if you don't want to go, just tell me you don't want to go. And, you know, next time around, we'll see if there's some people who aren't there that have been there before. And if you really want out of the company and this is the last straw for you, you quietly wait out your contract. That's how you escape. Nobody escapes by being loud. You know, and, le- and, and like if you are loud, they make you wait nine months like Pac. You know what I mean? If you are loud like Luke Harper, they put you on ice and then they bring you and they, they tell you, no, you can't quit. <laughs> they put you on ice for two months and bring you back in a meaningless role. So it's just stay quiet. Uh, do what you're told. And let, watch that watch. And then just leave when your contract's up, when they have no more control over you, you start making noise and everything else. Then they start looking back at past injuries. They start adding time to your contract like they did to the uh, revival guy. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not so sure I'd be standing up in that meeting causing hell either. I, what's, What's it going to accomplish at this point? Right, exactly. It, it, it's it's similar to the you know, and, and and people have brought this meme up a lot. It's it's similar to what you know, Mister Burns did to, to to Homer in The Simpsons, where it was like, no, I could fire you, but it'd be much worse. It's much more of a punishment to keep you here forever. You know, to to, to yeah. kind of lock you into yeah. this is actually more of a punishment because I know that you'll be happier if you leave or whatever. If you're if you're miserable, so no, I don't want you. You know, if I'm really going to spite you, and that's and that's what it would be if you spoke up and 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 this is one of the big issues as well. And and it's been the issues with with any sort of wrestler movement or any sort of wrestler union for years and years and years is that you are not unilaterally going to get every single guy in that room to say, "Yeah, you know what? This is bullshit. Let's stand up." Because you're going to have your Ortons, you're going to have your AJ Styles, you're going to have your your Cena's, you're going to have your Hogan's. There's always going to be enough powerful guys in that room that are like, nah, fuck, dude. I'm, I'm doing well, so I'm not going to speak up or day, say anything. Like, it would take those guys to do that, and it's just not going to happen. WWE has, has, has never had that situation where it felt like those top guys aren't happy. Like, yeah, the, the, other, the other 75% of people might not be happy, but it doesn't matter because th- those guys can bitch and moan and comp- cry and complain or whatever, but if the top 5%, the top 2%, whatever, the top few guys in the company aren't, you know, with those guys and don't feel the same, you know, sort of anger that those guys feel, then nothing's going to happen. So, like, yeah, you can have 20 guys stand up and go, this is bullshit and this is garbage, and and then Vince McMahon will just have 20 guys on ice for nine months. <laughs> you know, like, that's fine. He, he'll do that. He's got no problem with that. You're, you, until you get all 200 guys to stand up and say, no, we're not going out there, then nothing's going to happen. And, and that's never, that's never going to happen in WWE. It's just not. Like, that's just not how the wrestling business has ever operated. So, um, yeah, people looking for that to happen, too, are... are, are are you're you're it's just it's just not like you're hoping for something that's that's just never going to happen so one one more point we move on to uh new japan and uh listen this um i I just have to say this shame on every one of these outlets and websites and i'm not going to name people specifically but who during the uh the crown jewel show 
who are just throwing roses at the feet of WWE and Saudi Arabia for this Natalia versus Lacey Evans match. Shame on you. I cannot believe the amount of people who were going on and on and on about this being such a great moment. Rich, it's kind of gross, actually, that these people were falling for this blatant PR. Natalia versus Lacey Evans in Saudi Arabia with clothes up to their fingernails. Rich, it means nothing. It wasn't a great moment. It's PR. It's PR from Saudi Arabia. It's PR from WWE. This isn't kind of some great breakthrough moment. And if you fell for that and were part of this fucking clown show, shame on you. And you know who you are. All of these outlets. I could not believe what I was watching. I it's, 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 this is, it was, and it, first of all, there've been female performers. <laughs> right. In many. Cirque du Soleil and, and, and this was not any, any kind of breakthrough moment at all. Now, listen, if Natalia and Lacey Evans felt good, good for them. And I'm not being like, that's great for them. If they felt like that was an important moment to them as individuals. I wouldn't take that away from them. You know, it's, 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 if they felt like that was a, they accomplished something, but stop throwing roses at the feet of this fucking disgusting company and this murderous regime. There you go, Joe. This is what I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for you to for say the, this. Sort I mean, of stuff rip, I mean, no, yeah, I've been, I've been Listen, annoyed about it since day one. So I'm glad Rich, to hear this. I, I'm the furthest thing from a woke boy. We all know that. Okay. I roll my eyes at a lot of this shit. Yeah, your dog just rolled its head at the mirror. My dog's had enough. <laughs> yeah, he was my like, yeah, I know girl. you're not a woke boy. Get the hell out of here, dude. I'm the furthest thing from a woke boy, okay? I'm just a guy who fucking, you know, tries to make a buck, take care of himself and his family. I, I don't get wrapped up in political bullshit. I'm not a woke boy. I, I'm not like, I, I watch the fucking Saudi events because they're spectacles. I don't like cancel my network. I don't watch them, not watch them out of protest. I'm not knocking anybody who did cancel their network or ignores the shows out of protest. I have no problem with that. I don't personally do that um, because, listen, I like the archives on the WWE network and I'm going to pay my $9.99 and I'm going to watch that shit. Okay. But I'm not going to throw roses at the WWE and Saudi Arabia for allowing. Lacey Evans and Natalia to go out there dressed head to toe in a grappling match where they're not even allowed to throw strikes. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not praising this. It was not a great moment. It was a PR moment that all you dopes fell for and you should all be ashamed of yourself. Right, regurgitating the press release and regurgitating Disgusting. the quotes and stuff. Yeah, it was. It putting was, out yeah. tweets saying, oh, what a great moment. You're a fucking clown and you're part of the clown show. And everybody who did that, I lost respect for you. I lost respect for every one of you for not seeing through that, for not seeing through that bullshit. You know, it's like the way that country treats women, okay, and the way that those women were forced to perform. I mean, what would have happened if if uh, if Lacey Evans accidentally threw a spot kick in Natalia's face, or they started throwing punches at each other, or there was a wardrobe malfunction? What would have happened, Rich? I mean, come on. Are we, are we, we're proud of this. We're going to give this company and this, and this regime positive praise for this. It was a fucking clown show and you're part of it. And you should be disgusted when you look at the women in your life. When you, when you, when you send out tweets like that saying this was a great moment, riot satin. Come on, man. 
Give me a break, wow. Satin. And then he's going to go take the check from Fox. I was going to say, I mean. Now listen, yeah. I get it. Yeah, hey. But, but it's gross. I mean, you know, it's still gross. And there were others, too. I, I said I wasn't going to say names, and I really, I didn't intend to single them out. But I, my, my mouth moves faster than my brain sometimes. We all know this. But it's like, come on, man. That, that was a little unsettling to me. And it's not something I ever would have said on Twitter, because, Rich, I want no part of it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want any part of it. Because then you're going to have the fucking feminists coming at you from their angle. Oh, like, yeah, some yeah, of them. Yeah. No, and you're for sure. That, that's why the, the, way I treat, the, the way I treat these Saudi shows, and if it's obvious, like, A, we don't do anything on the website for it. We don't talk about it. We don't preview it much on the show. Is because, I, like you said earlier with the wrestlers, to me, the silence is more what I want to say. I can get out of my soapbox and go, this is bull-, like, because I, I echo a lot of thoughts you've you said here. I, I've said that from day one with these, these shows. I mean, it was it, it's if you don't understand why these shows exist or why, you know, even without the women, women or not, like, the reason these shows exist is because Saudi Arabia wants you to think, hey, we're good. Hey, we're cool. Like, while, you know, they're still beheading, you know, journalists and killing people left and right and killing women and suppressing women's rights and suppressing homosexual rights and all this sort of, like, but, hey, uh, you get a fun little show that shows, uh, hey, we're pretty good. And, like, that first one, I mean, my God, that first one where they're showing, like, you know, hey, uh, here's a video of a woman who can drive now. <laughs> Look at her. She can drive. Like, wow, that was, how amazing is this? And, like, it, you know, Michael Cole being like, wow, they've made a lot of progressive changes here in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And it's like, oh, my God, like, what are you guys doing? And they've, they've kind of peeled back a little bit on doing the straight PR. But the, the reason these shows exist is to try to show the rest of the world, no, we're fine. We're, we're, we're nice. We're a good country. <laughs> you know, we're not bad. All the while, you know, behind their backs, they're, 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 they're just as horrible as they've always been. So it, it's, it's yeah, it, it's one of these things. And, and especially the women's thing as well, where it's, oh, my God, they're making history. They're doing this. I mean, they're not really making history. Mariah Carey <laughs> did a concert there. Fucking uh, Janet Jackson just did a concert there. You know, there, there's plenty of gigantic artists, artists that have done concerts there, all for the same reason, to kind of show everybody, hey, Saudi Arabia's fine. <laughs> we're good. Hey, it's, it's a really nice place you know it's great so we even you know we have women here too and they can sometimes do stuff but yeah it, it, it's 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 pretty gross and yeah to, to see the uh yeah people just regurgitating press release uh, articles about it is is pretty bad and and make no question WWE doesn't you're, give you're a playing, shit about right? social change either like they give a shit about that 60 million dollar no. other category that gets propped up every four uh, every other quarter so yeah don't don't get you're it doing exactly what they want you to do they, you're doing exactly what they want you to do when you're praising that. You're shit. doing the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia PR, which is exact the, the whole Absolutely. goal of this thing. And and credit to to everybody in Saudi Arabia because they they got them hook, line, and sinker. Is give them the shit, regurgitate some bullshit comments about it, say that every single show is historic and and memorable and will first in a lifetime and once in a lifetime and all this sort of stuff. And then morons will 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 then spread that word that oh my god this is historic it's the first time ever and change is occurring yeah. and they're making social change and all this sort of stuff and like they'll keep doing this until 2030 or whatever and the bullshit's supposed to end or whatever this little new idea like they'll keep doing that every single thing will be the most historic oh this is new this is great this is oh this is this and it's all just so that people pump it up and talk about it and and, and get it in the bloodstream and, and it's in the bloodstream you know look at tweets like when you when you talk about what a great moment that match was and it was not a great moment at all and it meant nothing it, it meant nothing those two women wrestling in that match meant zero. Okay? Give it through your heads. It meant nothing. Okay? The more you talk about what a great moment that is, you are just bowing at the feet of the people who cut Khashoggi's head off. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. I want you to know that when you praise that as some kind of great moment. Understand that that's what you're also doing. You're sucking at the teat of the people who dismembered that man. Yeah, which is, is, is ironic given that like some of these people consider themselves journalists too. I'll, I'll just say that. That's a big reason why I've kind of decided to stop covering these things is I can't in good conscience think of myself or have gone to school for or, or have any sort of 
tinge of news or journalism or whatever here and then also be able to be like hey kingdom of Saudi Arabia cool what's up man like how you doing when like yeah yeah it, it's 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 pretty gross so yeah I've been with you here hey we, late night we get we get political here I like this this is a, a rare uh, deviation but you, you everything you said you is true we, Sa- you don't think it was the Saudis plan all along to eventually allow women on these shows to have to so oh, this would happen of course it was I told I mean, you everything that they're gonna do over the next whatever amount of years is supposed to be oh breaking barriers oh this is the first time a a black woman has been able to do a concert here. Oh, it's the first time a number woman has been able to do a concert here. They they had Nelly come a few years ago, and if you look at the, yeah. the stuff around that, is oh my god, it's an African American man doing a concert in Saudi Arabia. My God, like by the way, it was a men's only event. They didn't allow women there. <laughs> Weird, but you know that was what that was. It was oh, it's it's Nelly. It's it's a it's an American. It's a it's a black American, and he's doing a concert here. What a what an unbelievable. It's just these incremental little things, and they're all based in entertainment, and all they're all based in cinema and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if you're still a citizen in that country you're still treated like absolute garbage so like but it, it to the outside world oh my god they let nelly do a concert there oh maybe they're not so bad it, it's that's all it is it's it's pr and everybody plays into it so all right well success <laughs> there we go we need, we need to pivot because we i do to, yeah i have a reputation uphold i gotta pre some michael Logan matches or something we gotta <laughs> right so tj perkins he's been great. This bad boy. absolutely <laughs> right um new japan <laughs> pro wrestling uh man how do we even how do we even pivot um off that we need like a cool we need like a we need like a two second like little thing and then like a, a whoosh that comes in and they're like oh hey what's going on Joe like where, where we you know you put your headset down for a little bit we went to commercial and now we're back and you kind of reset but uh it's um, the power struggle Rich yes whoosh New Japan power struggle Joe how's it going hey what's going on New Japan power struggle uh last week uh we and wanted- this review will be brought to you by the good people at Grapple and uh Rich, Grapple wanted to let everybody know that they have added yet another promotion. How many promotions did they, did they add to this? This is unbelievable. They're going to have every promotion on earth on this. They're going to start having your local VFW hall down the street. Okay, they're going to be on this app soon enough. They have added, I believe, MLW. Is that correct? Rich? That is correct. MLW. Perfect timing, too, with the Super Fight, which we're going to talk about later. But yeah, right now, you got A, you know, AAA out of Mexico. AEW's on there. All Japan's on there. Dragon Gate's on there. And the All Japan, too. There's classic all Japan matches too. So if you ever go back and watch some old awesome Kobashi matches or whatever, they're they're all on there too, which is really cool. If they've gone back and, and and done that, uh, so you got all Japan, you got Dragon Gate, you got Evolve, you got GCW, Impact Pro Wrestling, uh, or Impact Wrestling, uh, Lucha Underground. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you're gonna do any more new uh, Lucha Underground ratings, but you can go back. Hey, you're watching season one, you want to go back? Uh, as I mentioned, MLW added there, New Japan Pro Wrestling. We're gonna talk about here in a moment. OTT, uh, PWG Progress, PWA out of Australia, Rev Pro, Ring of Honor, Smash Wrestling. WCW, you want to go back and rate some old WCW matches, you can do that. WWE, of course, and also WXW with more getting added all the time. So, yeah, you, you're you pretty well good. I mean, there, there's a few promotions still not on there, but for the most part, like, you know, 75% of the promotions that people kind of regularly watch and regularly talk about, you, you know, and, and, and rate are on there. So that's, yeah, there's no there's no excuse not to have uh, Grapple anymore. G-R-A-P-P-L, by the way. No no E. Dropped the E there. It's on the uh, the App Store and Google Play as well. I know I use it daily, uh, and I know a lot of the Voice of Wrestling listeners use it daily as well. It's a great way to check your ratings it's a great way to see what other people are rating stuff see if you were off the track a little bit you hey my ratings way over everybody else why you know what maybe why is that or stuff but at the end of the day it's just kind of a fun way to log ratings and kind of keep up with the show and when you're done with the match it's fun to kind of go on there throw your stars on there and then see you know where you sort of align with everybody else uh it's rating and, and joe and i are on there too so you can follow our ratings and that's that's the, it, really if we're being honest that's the big sell right there is you can follow joe and i we, you know our ratings as they're happening you, you really can't beat that that's right. So we'll be talking about some of these grapple ratings for this uh, Power Struggle show and some of the other shows that we do over the course of this flagship podcast. So 
Um, I think we got to start at the top. The mini tournament, Rich, is official. It's going to be Tetsuya Naito challenging Jay White for the Intercontinental title. And as we already knew, it's going to be Kota Ibushi challenging Kazuchika Okada as the G1 winner, the holder of the briefcase for the IWGP heavyweight title. And the winners of those two matches on January 4th will then face each other on January 5th. Winner take all, double champion. We thought this might be coming due to the promos everybody was cutting. And uh, now it is set in stone. Um, They did a post-match angle after Jay White defeated Hiroki Goto. And we will review the show, but we're going to do this first. And it didn't get over so hot. Um, I haven't talked to you about the angle yet. (laughs) I thought it was an absolute disaster. First of all, I thought it was very Monday Night Raw. And I don't like to see that in my New Japan. I don't like to see that's Okada's music. And Okada comes down and then they have sort of this mic off. I don't I don't I don't care for that. I don't want that in my Japanese pro wrestling. I don't want that in my New Japan. Maybe in Dragon Gate or something. I shouldn't say Japanese. Every promotion's different. Tonally, this didn't fit for New Japan for me. And then the fans in Osaka was Osaka, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh look, it's late. It's been a long week. Um, they weren't very receptive to to any of this either. And it's like, um, you know, uh, it, it, it just it all came off so flat. And Okada, he had a couple lines that were supposed to draw a pop, and and they didn't. I mean, when he when he buried the Intercontinental Title, that was supposed to get some booze, and people agreed. You know, he's burying the Intercontinental title and they're going, stop yelling at me. I agree. You <laughs> right. know? He goes, I don't want this bullshit title. This title sucks. And everyone's like, yeah, that title sucks. It, it does suck. suck. Which, to some degree, I blame the company for well, that. Well, Naito's been telling you how much this title fucking sucks for two years. Exactly. Throwing it down the ramp. And, and we said it two years ago that he shouldn't be treating stop the title doing like that. that. Yeah, right. yeah, I mean, so they've allowed Naito to just bash the title for two years. And then they have Okada come out and bash it. Well, what are you telling your audience? Rich, this was a title that was treated with reverence while while Nakamura had it. It was treated with reverence up until basically Naito destroyed the fucking thing. And he's created this thing among his fans. You even hear it from Naito fans that, ah, it's the white belt. Nobody cares about the white. Yeah, because he's fucking telling you no one cares about it. <laughs> right, nobody cares and about it because the guy holding it doesn't give a shit about it. So Yeah, yeah we've been screaming on this show, the lone voices of reason, okay, that that was a mistake and that this is an important title and you're going to need that title to draw and everything else. and. Now this angle, and then Okada was basically like he buried all three guys. He buried the title, and then he kind of just shrugged his shoulders, dropped the mic, and left. <laughs> like, what you? It's like the whole thing was a disaster. Like he just went in the ring and punked everybody and everything in sight, and no one knew how to react. And then Jay White told Naito, "Listen, take a hike. I'm ready for my fucking confetti." And Naito just sheepishly leaves like a little sad puppy dog, and he gets punked out. Why didn't Naito attack him? I mean, so Naito got punked out twice in the whole deal. He looks like he doesn't care, but he always looks like he doesn't care. I've had enough of that guy, by the way. Okay? No interest in seeing that guy win both titles. And that's what's going to happen. But I've had enough of that guy. All right? I mean, it's like, can we have some character development with this fucking guy already? I mean, it drives you nuts. I mean, then he's at the press conference sitting there with Ibushi. And he looks like he doesn't want to be there. I'm starting to think it's not an act. If you don't want to be there, go to fucking full sale and leave us alone then. I've had it with this guy, Rich. I mean, for real. I mean, this, this, 
it does not connect with me. This I, I'm too cool to care about anything. Well, yeah, especially like in and and the thing that I get with Naito uh, over the years as well is that you know we ha- when he had the IC title and 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 obviously he doesn't anymore or whatever. But when he had the IC title, I was like, I don't give a shit about this title. The only thing I want is the IWGP title. He's kicking it down the the ramp or whatever. And like, yeah, if that's the story you want to tell, whatever. I thought the story was bullshit at the time. We talked about how stupid it was for him to not yes. care about that title. Uh, but whatever. That's going to be his character. That's going to be his gimmick or whatever. But now it's in his sights. Like I would have thought that that. Now, after that, that power struggle show, when, when when exactly the plan that he's wanted for years is finally coming together and he's going to have his chance if he can beat Jay White and win the IC title, that now he can win the title that's always sort of been, you know, to him, the, the white belt, the way the thing that's been in the way of his his ultimate goal, which is, you know, beating Okada at Tokyo Dome. All he has to do is beat Jay White, win that title. And then all he has to do is win one more match against his, his, his hated rival, uh, Okada. And then he will be the double champion. He will have avenged the loss of, of years ago. He'll avenge everything else. But, like, that should be, like, I, I get that you have Okada's, like, eh, whatever, I don't fucking care, you know, whatever. Like, that's kind of been his, his, his gimmick for a while, which, again, that, that, it's worked out well for him, obviously. But this is the time. If he doesn't get, like, this is when you get excited. This is when that character should be able to say, okay, look, 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 I know I don't give a shit about anything else. I don't care about the IC title, but now it's in my grasp. My ultimate goal is this close. In a, in a month's time, I'm going to be able to do everything that I've always wanted to do and get that moment that I've always wanted. Like, that's when you want the passion. You know, I was more passionate about it right there. I'm more passionate than Naito is about Naito winning. The, like, and he's just kind of out there being like, oh, whatever, okay, I'll be pretty cool. Yeah, cool. He's, <laughs> like, not, even like, Rich, he's not saying anything. Right, I, I said like, I said Abushi before, but I meant Jay White at the press conference. And Jay White is saying, "You're not even speaking, uh, uh, Tetsuya. Uh, you're not even speaking." Like he wasn't saying anything. Yeah, which is like this is when you throw that mic down and go, "No, this is everything that I've ever wanted." Like you know, you know, yeah. Listen, he could do it in his own way. I, I don't, I don't want him to go out there and cut a Stone Cold Steve Austin promo. But what I mean, he could, he can say. Maybe he can just disregard Jay White and say, "You're not my goal. My goal is to beat." And eventually, at the very end, he finally said. My goal is to beat Okada in the Tokyo Dome, and and then finally I was like, finally, right. there's the fucking story. But he he got punked out twice, and that that segment at Power Struggle was Oof. a fucking disaster. That was terrible. I love Kotobushi coming out to like zero reaction either, like no reaction, and then just gets the re- <laughs> doesn't even nobody even acknowledges him anymore. He's just kind of there oh. with a briefcase and like He's I'm thinking, an man, dude, yeah. you're the one getting fucked here. Like you won the G1, like you should be like. No, I'm not. You know, if I beat Okada, and fuck you guys. I'm not defending this goddamn title. I've worked too hard for this thing. I won this goddamn briefcase, and I won the title. See you guys later. Like, that's what I would do if I'm Abushi. Like, the idea that Abushi's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, cool. Sounds good. <laughs> like, why would you be okay with that? Like, he's the one getting fucked over the most out of all this. Absolutely. Now he has to win two matches. Right. Why would he have to win two matches? I won the G1. No. Fuck that. I won the G1. I beat Okada. Figure it out on your own, guys. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, not my problem. Are, are we even sure that he knows what's going on? I'm not. I'm. I'm that, that my, my working theory is that they explained it to him. He didn't quite get it. And they just said, I just walk out. We'll explain it later. And he I, don't out. Really, I just don't think he cares either. Yeah. I just I don't think he knows what's going on. I don't think he cares. At least that's how his character comes off. Naito's character comes off like he's just a sad puppy dog like usual. And it's like, I've had enough. Okada is just like, he buries everybody. He just thinks this is stupid as shit. Yeah. He's got this this smirk on his face. He buries the title. He buries all three guys and he leaves. So that didn't work. And he kind of like had this look on his face like, well, that's what they told me to say, but this did not work. I'm just going to leave guys. And he just fucking left. And then you got Jay White who like, I don't know. He's the only one really kind of doing a good job here, putting shit over and, and, and and playing his role, he I seems mean, like I he cares more than anybody else. Like he wants nothing more than that. He feels like you know, like I said, 
the unfortunate thing with like you know that Naito doesn't feel like that moment. Like he, yeah, he says that that's what he wants to do. That he wants that that's the final moment that he wants. But like Jay White, you can really like the way he's it, like this is him. This is everything that Jay White wants is to is to kind of manipulate everybody into this scenario and then now you know reign supreme and, and and be the guy at the end of the day. And like I don't think that's going to happen or whatever. But he's the guy that seems to care the most about it. Like he seems to be obsessed with this idea uh, of becoming the double champion and, and and winning both belts and 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 becoming the guy at the end of the Tokyo Dome or end, end of the second night of Wrestle Kingdom with you know the confetti shower or whatever. He feels like the guy that cares the most. Like Okada's just like you know like you said he just kind of thinks it's stupid. Okada flat out said he doesn't care about the other belt. Right. And, and, <laughs> right. and, and Jay White said Jay White said I don't understand why I'm even. Why is Naito? Why do I have to wrestle him? He, you know, his whole thing is I should just be wrestling. He's a he's a heel, so his whole thing is I should just be wrestling Okada, even though he didn't win the G one and all that. But he's a heel, so he can say dumb things. Right. You know what I mean, and he's like, I don't even understand why I have to go through this guy again. Why do I have to go through him again? I beat him. Well, you know, what do I have to prove against this this dope? He's not wrong. No, he, he's really problem. not, and and that's that's my biggest he's, frustration with, with with this story. And and we talked about it when we thought that this thing was going to happen a few you know months ago. Is that it's just to me it was just a way too convoluted way to get to to, to where they're going to get to. And and we kind of sensed that they were probably going to do something like this. And 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 we'll talk about it in in detail a little bit when we talk about the different scenarios that kind of occur. But like to me, it was just always it was going to feel forced unless they really got this off the ground by like G one say, Hey, look, there's two wrestle kingdoms and, and, and there's going to be a Fortnite. Like I would have been way transparent with this from, from almost day one. Once you realize that we're running two wrestle kingdoms and, and it's going to be this mini tournament or whatever, make it obvious to people that it's going to do. You, that's what's going to happen. So everybody knows that they're vying for either the IC title or they're vying for that number one contendership or they're vying for the briefcase. They want to be involved in this four man tournament. Instead, what we have is like, you know, people saying, Hey, it'd be cool to be a double champion. And like, you know what I mean? Like every, like, Zack Sabre Jr. would be like, yeah, it'd be cool to be a double champion. That'd be awesome. You know, Jay White saying, yeah, it'd be cool to be double champion. So a bunch of guys just say it'd be cool to be double champion, and now we just have this little tournament that came about. And 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 like you said, there's really no... Like, Jay White's totally justified in being like, why the fuck is this goober in this tournament? Like, he didn't do anything. <laughs> He'd be Taichi. Who fucking cares? Like, I'm the IC champion. Get this asshole out of here. And Coda, like, again, if I was, you know running the show, I'd have Coda be a little aggressive and be like, wait a minute, hold on. No, I won the G1. Like, I won the briefcase. Like the way that this has always worked is that I get my title shot. Like, why do I have to defend the title again? No, <laughs> you know, I don't want to do same that. Like, time, but at the same time, all of that bickering again is way too Monday night raw for me. Oh, wait, you know, no, I'm I, saying this happens over the course of, of, of six months. Yeah. Is what yeah, I'm saying okay, is like guys yeah. win and there's like, you know, or just, just the idea. Like, I just thought it'd be way better idea for this. to you be know, out. This was, this was Naito's idea and he's the one that seems least into it. Right. And I know everyone's screaming, oh, that's his character. Well, it doesn't have to be. Okay? He can grab the mic aggressively from Jay White when Jay White's asking for his confetti. And he could say, Jay White, you are a stepping stone. I don't care about you. I'm going to beat you. And my goal is to beat Okada in the Tokyo Dome. And if I have to go through you to get there, that's what I'm going to Like, what's so hard about that? Instead of being pouty boy all the time. And this guy's going to win. And, 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 and here's the thing. You know the matches are going to be great. And that's what saves New Japan's ass all the time. 
that the matches end up being. Oh, great. we're gonna get like yeah, four or five trem- tremendous matches out of this little thing and and out of this entire you know, uh, let alone four or five. Yeah. What else are they doing? Don't tell me they're gonna. Uh, it should <laughs> only be. Uh, well, I guess it is four matches because they're doing yeah. a dopey consolation match, which is just screams <laughs> dork <laughs> fest. What a fucking dork fest! Imagine like Kota Bushi coming out there, <laughs> like like yeah, Everything. maybe going for that third place. They oh, should give him like God. a little medal or something, like a little a small little trophy or whatever. Be like, here you you go. Here's a little trophy. I, I cannot believe they're doing a consolation match and dropping out <laughs> two losers. I, mean, I hope. My God, if those guys don't come out with the most pouty, like I want that match to be those guys get in the ring and they just like sulk at each other and just like Jay White just says, fuck it, and, and throws his hands up in the air and leaves. And just says, I'm not wrestling this match. And, and Kota just takes the victory because he doesn't know any better anyway, so he's fine with it. So, Did you know that the NCAA basketball tournament and the NFL used to do consolation third place games? And Rich, the reason they stopped doing them is nobody fucking cared, and no one would no one would go to them. They do no business. No one cares about third place games. It's for little league. Once you're past the age of twelve, no one cares about yeah, third we, place. You don't care about them even when you're that young either. I've I've been in them. Trust me, <laughs> nobody no, cares about them then. <laughs> no one cares. I it's don't a want a bronze sense. medal. You can keep your medal. I'm good. Like I don't I don't and want again, your, I don't want your tiny little trophy. I'm good. I don't need it. So yeah, and fucking you know whoever fucking Okada and White or whoever the fuck you're gonna go out there and have crush it and have a great match and no one you know we're you know but look this is so convoluted and look I get. I get why they're doing it. They felt like they needed a hook to fill both domes. I understand that. I I just don't think they needed this. It's the money match is Okada versus Naito. I think everyone on the in the universe agrees with that. That the money match is Kazuchika Okada versus Tetsuya Naito. The rematch from two years ago. Naito uh, beats him in the dome, completes that little story. Whatever the case. Tetsuya Naito should have just won G1, faced Okada on one of the two nights, the fourth or the fifth, whatever, and they have more than enough stuff that could have filled the I building agree. on the other night. I'm with you. You have Jushin Thunder Liger's final match. He could face whoever. You know you've what I mean? Like, you've got the Liger retirement. You've got, um, you've got potentially Shibata coming back. You've got Hiromu coming back to fill Willow's yeah. spring. Tanahashi you, Jericho. Is, Tan- is, and you Tanahashi Jericho. You've got, yeah, I mean, whatever the IC match would have been, that's five other enormous matches. Split them up however you like. Put one or two of them underneath Okada Naito. You give me Hiromu. You just the way the crowd responded to Hiromu's return. Oh, dude, that, like I know it, it became kind of a meme thing or whatever, but those dudes, like if they if they really had the balls to say fuck it, we're main eventing with this. Like, I, like I would never, it would never happen in a million years. But man, you listen to that crowd and you're like, that's not the, it's not the most insane thing you've ever said. Like, it, it it's it, it wouldn't happen in a million years. You would have Tanahashi and Jericho or whatever. But like, you could justify you, it. You really could. You, you if you put Hiromu Willow Spray, Jericho Tanahashi. And Liger's retirement or something on the other show, right? And then put whatever your IC match is underneath uh, Okada Naito and what was the other one? I I might said something else I forgot, but it's like I'm confident that could have got the job done. That's Liger's retirement and Hiromu return and Shibata. The fucking and if Shibata returns, are you kidding me? You're telling me a show with Shibata's return against Kenta, Hiromu's return and Tanahashi Jericho, and that's not gonna do a big number in the other and on the other night get the fuck out you didn't need this tournament they muddled everything up and listen rich when you have a money match 
just fucking do it. Okay, and and I don't like this counter argument of oh well everyone knows we're getting Okada Tetsuya Naito so <laughs> oh you know that, you know that? wrestling you know, let me Pro tell you wrestling. something you don't know shit until you ha- until you until yeah they, until they, that until they walk out uh, <laughs> yeah so, you don't and, and and I don't want to hear any and, and listen if one of those guys loses in the first round and they don't give you that match on the fifth I don't want to hear anyone say. That New Japan pulled a fast one, or New Japan did dirty bit. They never, they have not promised you that match. Let me make that clear again. New Japan has not promoted a Kazuchika Okada Tetsuya Naito match. Okay, so if you are so dead set that you're seeing that and your heart is set on it, and you're buying tickets and flying to Japan or whatever the fuck, okay, you got no right if you don't get that match to complain. None. I'm sorry. I'm not. I will. I cannot be changed from that opinion. You have no right to complain. They are not advertising that match, and you are not guaranteed that match. And they are under no obligation to give you that match. Right. Right. They, they've they've given you the idea that that match could happen. That's all that they've given you so far. Yeah. And that's not bait and switch. I don't want to hear it. Okay. I don't want to hear any whining if you don't get that match because that no one told you you're getting that match. You're working under the assumption you're getting that, and that is dangerous to do. Mm-hmm. Especially okay? in this business, <laughs> pro wrestling, it is very dangerous uh, to, to to assume that. And and I, I've you know I I think I touched on this a few weeks ago on the show when we were talking about the potential for this. I really I, I always felt that this two night tournament this this idea was floated out there, and I'm not saying that New Japan is being nefarious necessarily. It's just wrestling business, and it's it's in some ways good wrestling business to say, "Hey, look, there's a two night tournament. Oh, you know, kind of yeah, that could that could happen on the second night or whatever." And like we've seen, the tickets are selling very quickly for that second night under the, the the assumption by I'm sure many people buying a ticket that they're going to get Naito and Okada. And I always felt that that because of this structure of this tournament is that you could look at what those second night tickets are looking like. I, it was the discussion that you and I had when you were saying, hey, if you're going to do Okada and Naito, why would you not promote that? Why would you not say, hey, Okada and Naito's happening, like buy tickets for that right now or whatever. And I've always said that the thing is, like, I don't know that they are 100% in on doing that match until they know that they need to do that match or they need walk-ups or they need something like that. But if this thing sells out or, or near sells out or they're happy with the ticket sales, if you're them, if you're sitting in that room and going, well... I mean, do we give them an Okada Naito, or do we say, you know what, come back in April? Well, you know, we'll have Okada Naito in April. Like, I, I'm not saying that they are going to do that. I'm not saying that I would do that, but I'm saying it's a pro wrestling business. And if the tickets are sold and people are buying tickets, and 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 you have the money of the people already, and you've yeah. not promised them that you're going to get this match, you've just sort of, you know, it can occur. It, it you know, in in the in the context of this tournament, it can occur. But you've never said you're getting this match. Is is that nefarious? Is that being an asshole, or is that just being smart businessman to say, "Hey, look, thank you for selling out two nights at the Tokyo Dome. Come back in April. We're going to give you the match you want to see. Now you got to buy tickets again." I would do that. If I would it were too. Me, <laughs> I, mean, I would really it, think if, about if, it. Yeah, if it were me and that second show sold out ahead of time, I'm not giving them Okada Naito. I would change my plans because then you're wasting Okada Naito. You're wasting it. You can sell out a house when, by announcing it at some point. Right. That, sh- that match, now, quote, drew, but it didn't draw as much as they not, Yeah. yeah it, I'm using it's air a, quotes a, there because it, it did, but it didn't. A lot of, you know, it's like a lot of these tickets sold before they even announced this tournament deal. And it's like, this is another reason why I think if they do do Okada Naito, I believe it's a mistake. Because I believe you are burning off. You're, the, 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 the match that you have protected the most, the biggest money match you have, 
and you're burning it off in a scenario where you're selling the tickets anyway. This is the equivalent of giving it away in a G1 final. It's stupid. You're selling the tickets anyway. Don't give away money. We talk about it every year, Rich. Don't give away a money match when you're already going to sell tickets. Okay? To me, there's, there's, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to do the Okada Naito match on on the second night because of that, and it, it's like you're 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 pissing away the biggest money match you have, and I don't want to hear oh well it's inferred. I don't buy that. It's not announced. Okay, so it, it's like I, you know now now listen. I don't think that they're. I see. I think they have a plan, and whatever that plan is, they're sticking to it. Because that's just the way they do things. I don't think they're looking at it from our perspective. I don't think they're waiting around to see if they could sell the building out first. I think whatever they have planned is what they're going to do. Because that just seems to be their way and they plan out long term. And, um, you know, I, I, so I don't believe that they, they would pull that move. Um, and I don't think they're going to pull that move. With that said, that leads me to believe that it might not be Okada Naito. For the reasons I'm saying, because they're too smart for that. They never do that. Right. Have they ever given away a money match in a G1 final? No. It's always a rematch or someone like Goto sneaks in. It's because they know they don't have – they've never – it's bad business. So if they weren't just going to announce the match, I'm not confident they're going to do it. And if they do do it, I believe – I'm of the opinion it's a mistake. So um, that's kind of my take on that. I think this is all very convoluted. I would have done Naito Okada on the second night, and I would have loaded up that first night with Shibata and Hiromu and Tanahashi versus Jericho, and I would have either sold both of those motherfuckers out or came real close, and I wouldn't have had to do all of this fucking cloak and dagger bullshit to get there. I don't like it. And, you know, they're going to have great matches, and we're not going to care on the sixth because we're going to see these great matches. But, um, Listen, you know, you put a gun to my head, Naito is winning both matches and the second one over Okada. Like if I have to choose, but I'm not I'm not confident in that. I'm not. You know, I'll be honest. I, I think if I was a betting man, the more I've thought about it, the more I've kind of laid out the scenarios in my head. And and, and yeah, like you're right. That That is probably the favorite is is that one. But to me, I, I, I don't doubt that Naito ends January 5th as, as double champion, but I tend to think he's beaten someone like Ibushi. On that night, I, I I just think you you st- you get that little you get because you don't want to totally fuck the Naito fans over again because that that would be if like <laughs> you, know, the, the, you talked about this like nightmare scenario where like Jay White beats Naito and then Jay White beats Okada and just Jay White you know like standing in the middle of the ring and Gato's just laughing you know cackling over screaming at the fans or whatever like that's the ultimate troll of, of all time trolls it's just like is, is that occurring but to me like I think it says just as likely a scenario that Naito beats Jay White. That Ibushi shocks up Okada and wins the title, and that Naito finally vanquishes. And I mentioned this months ago too that that Naito finally vanquishes Kota Ibushi and 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 finally beats him and does it for the title at the in, in the main event in Tokyo Dome. And then now you have that little caveat of okay, Okada's going to go for Naito's title. We've always said that that'd be pretty fun, different you know part of that match as well as Okada chasing Naito and and and, and going for Naito's title. And I, I do. You know, the more I've kind of went with it, the more I've kind of thought about it. I think that's a scenario that if I was a betting man, I'd probably go with. I, I really would. There's just I don't feel right about the Okada Naito thing. I just don't. 
they, they'd be more upfront about it. They'd be more obvious about it. They wouldn't have gone through all this if that was just going to be the plan all along. Like, I, I really don't think so. There's there's no need to go through all this plan and, and go through all this. Because if that's the plan all along, just book the fucking match. I agree. I'm with you. I'm with just you, man. Just book the fucking match. I don't, I don't, you know, you don't have to do all this bull. It, yeah, I guess, like, I mean, it, it speaks, I guess, to their confidence level of, of, about the, the two nights of the Tokyo Dome, but I don't know. Like, we're going to see. We are going to see that, 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 you know what? Of depending on what they do with this, we'll see if it was a a way to kind of convolute and not give people Okada and Naito right off the bat and, and save it for something else, or if it was a way to yeah to sell it to two buildings well, and they were the just gonna do it line, anyway. So yeah, the bottom line is if the hook of the tournament sold out both nights, you didn't need Naito Okada, and there's no reason to burn it. That's yeah. the bottom line. I agree. Yeah, and I know people don't want to hear that, but that's with my business cap on, and I think that's where we get in trouble sometimes as we approach this from both angles. We talk about things with our business cap on and we talk about things from a storytelling perspective. And to me, the business cap always should come first because that's what, and, and that's just my philosophy. And that's how I approach analyzing wrestling. Okay. And I know a lot of people don't, they don't care about the business and that's fine. And, 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 and you're justified in not caring about the business. But if the, if the, if the double tournament hook is going to sell out these shows, you really, it, it would be very dumb to burn that match on the second night. And, if you're working under the premise of, oh, well, we think people will think they're getting that match anyway, so we'll do Well, that's, again, just then, just do the match. You didn't need the double tournament then. I, I don't believe they needed the double tournament. I, I, I don't know. All of this is just too convoluted and unnecessary in my view. But, Rich, what it really comes down to is... Do you believe they could have sold out the other night with all of that other stuff? Oh, absolutely. I yeah. Could oh, I, I think so for sure. I think that, that, yeah, and you mentioned it too. I think the things I would book are Tanahashi and Jericho, Liger's final match, and if it's against whoever, whoever it was going to be or whatever, like maybe you don't do, I, like I we thought about this, God, six months ago, we said Tanahashi and Liger would be an awesome way to cap off his career or whatever. I mean, it doesn't, maybe there's not a full on like, like direct story there, but like, again, it's it's a big time star in Tanahashi and it's it's Liger's final night or whatever, so you could do that. But now that you're bringing Jericho in, I think the Tanahashi-Jericho match is perfect for that, that, that second night or whatever, the first night, however you want to do it. Liger retirement against whoever, you know, whether it be, you know, Hiromu in one night beats Will Ospreay and then maybe he faces Liger the next night or whatever you want that to be. I think that's enough of a hook there. And like you said, yeah, there, there's, there's a bunch of other stuff that you can put on there too. Put, I got it. I got it here. Tell me if you agree with this, because there's five other big matches in my view. Okay. So you do Okada and you do Okada and Naito on the fifth. You do Jay White. I, I'm uh, Jay White and whoever he would, let's just say Abushi for the sake of the argument, since he's not the G1 winner in this case. You do Jay White and Abushi underneath, and you also throw on the uh, the the Liger eight man tag, right? Mm -hmm. And then the other show, um, you know, gets um, gets Tanahashi Jericho. It gets the Shibata retirement. It gets the other Liger match, and um, I forget what the what the fourth match is. Well, then you would have you like know, yeah the junior heavyweight tag, but that doesn't that doesn't matter. Uh, no, no, no. The other big match. I forgot what the other big match was. Uh, you can even put all four on that first show. You could put Shibata's retirement. Uh, not, not Shibata's return match. It's getting confusing. Shibata's return match if he's coming back. Hiromu versus Willow Spray, the Liger retirement match, 
and Tanahashi Jericho. If yeah, I mean, that, those, honestly, that's a bigger show to me. Like that show. Like, those four matches on the fourth, you're telling me that doesn't sell out or Exactly. You have two huge returns from near death injuries or whatever between Hiromu and Shibata. You have fucking Jushin Thunder Liger, the, the all time greatest junior wrestler in, 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 in history, right. retiring, having his final match. And you have Tanahashi, your company's ace, against Chris Jericho or whatever. It's just like. Yeah, well, the Liger, remember, you get two Liger matches. So you're either given the eight man or the single the special singles match on that show take your pick and then the next night you got okada naito which to me is enough but then you get the other liger match and then you can have all your other you like your tag team title match your junior tag team title match your your fucking never match then you still have all that you can put underneath okada naito whatever you're gonna do with all those titles your fucking u.s title match what if you what if moxley potentially you're you're telling me they couldn't sell out two of these shows with all the, with everything that they have. We didn't even talk about the fucking Never Title or Moxley maybe working the show. I mean, give me a fucking break. This was so unnecessary, so unnecessary. And now they're in a position where they've kind of booked themselves into that proverbial corner where you almost have to do Okada Naito, and you're wasting it in a scenario where you could have just fucking done it, right? Or you could have sold it out without doing it. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of of the, this last week. I've heard a lot of they have to or the, has to, and that is ne- we have never heard that with New Japan. No, New Japan has never true. had to do anything before, but this time they 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 do. They kind of have to do some certain things, and 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 I always talk about it. it's 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 yeah, my, the phrase I always bring up is it's fucking pro wrestling. You never have to do anything. You can do whatever you want. But I've heard a lot of well, they have to do this now because of this, and I'm like, no, you created this issue. They created this issue, so I I don't want to hear it. I, I hate hearing it, and that's something that WWE does all the time. They they have to do a lot of stuff because of the way they book stuff. And New Japan, we never ever say that New Japan has to do something because it always sort of makes sense. It always kind of has some sort of, you know, you, you know, there's, there's, there's been a track record. There's been a buildup. There's been a logical step. It's very rarely I have to do this. And, but now, you know, this, they, they've kind of worked themselves into this weird corner where they have to do this thing. So it's, 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 it's bizarre, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you too. I think we're the one of only a handful of people in this world that don't think it's awesome. I mean, the matches are still going to be good. Like you're saying, it's just, it just seems like it was a lot of work and, and, and we're old school, man. I like the simplicity of my bro wins the G one and says, Hey, look, dude, I'm going to face you for the title at wrestle kingdom. And that's it. You, you know, that's it. <laughs> I, I like that story. And it's Naito that does it and goes, hey, look, you beat my ass yeah. two years ago, but fuck you. January 4th, I'm beating your ass, you know, at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Or January 5th, you know, I'm, 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 I'm avenging that loss and I'm beating you and I'm, I'm holding that title above your head. So, the end. And, I th- and listen, I, I'm not even a big Naito guy and I, and I just expressed how much I'm sick of his antics, but I believe that's a story they should tell. And, you know, I, you know, I, I, I would have kept it simple. And look, you can't even bash the tournament as a hook if it does sell out both shows that means it worked right but what you can bash is if they then do okada naito because then it's unnecessary and they're wasting it it's a waste so uh, that's where i stand on that you want to go through this show now because this is a very newsworthy show yeah let's go ahead yeah this, this is an awesome show i enjoyed this one a lot so as noted this review is brought to you by grapple and uh we'll start with the main event we already talked about the post-show angle we are going to do this memento style and uh go backwards now and uh talk about this show jay white defeats roki goto to me this was basically the backdrop and just the setup for the angle i thought the angle was the important thing here more so than the match this is actually the backdrop for two angles because we had a second uh occurrence of kenta beating the shit out of shibata which to me is your tip off that they're confident that Shabbat is going to get cleared because, okay, you do it once just to emphasize Kenta's turn and put an exclamation point on it, put heat on him. 
okay, I'm still annoyed if you don't give me the match, but I get it. You do it twice, you better give me a match. <laughs> I know, man. I so so the, I I was I was marking out like crazy. I mean, it sucked that like of, of course Shibata was getting his ass kicked or whatever, but I was also going nuts because I'm like, oh my god, they're doing it. Like he's getting his ass kicked because he's going to get revenge, and it, it, it's yeah. it was so good. And 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 like you said, the match itself, like I didn't really love the match all that much. Like ratings wise, it was really tough to kind of come up with like, hey, what do you even rate this match? Because like you said, it it felt very much like the backdrop. Like once once you had the the, the Kenta come out and beat up Shibata and all that sort of stuff, and and then you have obviously the post-match angle with the four people in the ring talking, like, you kind of forgot that this match even existed. You forgot that Hiroki Goto ever existed. But I will say the Shibata thing, it got me super, super excited. But then Joe, at the same time, it got me so... I I shouldn't be this way. I shouldn't be so cynical. I shouldn't be so negative. But my God, as that was going on, I had this, like, weird thing where, like, halfway through, as I'm like, oh my God, Shibata's going to face Kenta at Wrestle Kingdom. It's going to be fucking great. He's going to kick his goddamn head off. And then I'm thinking, oh, no... Like in my head, I just had this this terrible vision of Hiroki Goto being like, "I will fight for you, <laughs> Shibata," and it's gonna be Goto and Kenta, and Shibata's just gonna be there to like, you know, root on his his, his childhood friend or whatever as he f- tries to beat Kenta. And I'm thinking of that in my head, and I, I'm nearly wanted to punch a wall because I'm like, oh, well, that's God, don't do that! Come on, well, please. You're not. That's please. a le- it's a legitimate fear." <sighs> And that very well could be the match. No, Joe, I want you to tell me the opposite. I want you to tell me, Rich, you well, idiot. He 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 did physical activity. He got tossed against the ropes. He got tossed against the barricade. Of course, Shabbat is coming back, Rich. That's what I did, was here. He did more physical activity than ever. He took a rail bump and he got pulled off the apron and all that. And um, it, it you know it's like, but it is all set up for Goto Kenta because Goto also has a very weak World Tag League partner. Okay, he's teaming with Carl Fredericks. So he's not going to win that. So that doesn't, he's not going to be in the tag team match. So they're leaving the door open for Goto. Maybe because Shibata is not cleared. And at least this way they have a backup plan, right? I've heard a lot of people say, well, maybe they'll do a tag team match. You know, you could do Kenta and a bullet club guy against Goto and Shibata. That way Shibata could take it easy. No. And I'm going to tell you why he's either cleared or he's not. Okay, there's no half. You you can't be kind of pregnant and you can't get half cleared. You're either cleared to take bumps or you're not. So if the man is cleared, you do the fucking singles match. Okay, you don't do a tag match if the guy gets cleared. That's a cop out. And I don't think that they would do that. Um, So it's like. I think that they're leaving the door open for Goto, according to the observer, uh, you know, they're still either trying to I, I didn't. I can't remember what I read. It's either they're still trying to get him cleared or it's still real hush-hush. I don't think they're going to – but here's the thing. If he was cleared, why wouldn't they just have announced the match at that press conference the other night? Right. You know, so there's a lot of red flags. I think they're keeping the door open for Goto Kenta, but it sure seems to me that they really want to do it. And I think somebody knows that they are doing it because I don't – I don't understand why you need Kenta beating him up the way he did again if you're not doing the match. It, it was, yeah. It was one of those things where it was being so physical that I was like, now at this point, like, it, it, my processing mind is telling me, and, and New Japan, have, again, they stay pretty logical. Like, you don't beat the hell out of that guy and then just have him say, hey, you fight for me. Like, that's just not how they do it. That's just never how New Japan has done it. So, no, and, um, and here's the thing. If they do a tag match, that's going to make me more upset than him not wrestling at all. Because if you're going to wrestle, just do the fucking match. You know what I mean? Like, what what the fuck is a tag match? Why do I need fucking um, Yujiro or whoever? Who am I forgetting? Who are they going to put with Kenta if they do that? Whoever the fuck from the Bullet Club in that match. It's like, I don't want that. If he's going to wrestle, give me the fucking singles match. Or don't give it to me at all. Just just 
fuck me over completely or, <laughs> right. yeah, or, exactly. or, or give me the match. So, so I don't know, but yeah, your fear is justified. Cause I think that's what the door was left open. But here's the, here's the counter to that. I gave you all the reasons why it looks like that could be it. What's the justification for Goto challenging for the never title? Is it simply I'm fighting for my man, for my buddy? Is that just, the, is that the entire justification? I'm tired of you beating up my pal. He can't do this, so I'm going to do it for him. You think that's good kind of, enough? Yeah, I think that's enough. I think, you know, hey, you're beating on my friend, and you know he, he can't wrestle, or you know he can't do this, or whatever. You know he's not physically cleared, or whatever. So, you know, hey, if you want to be a big, tough guy, be a big, tough guy to me. Thing, so. Yeah, and you I know what the shame... I hate it. You know what, <laughs> I hate it so much. You know what the shame of that is, though? It's like, going to be a great match. It'll be so good. No, not even that. It's like, that's a pretty cool match, but the way you get there... It leaves you like, ah, oh, I don't fucking want right. This. Shibata comes down, and he's just rubbing his shoulders as they're coming out, like patting him on the back. You go get him, buddy. And it's like, fuck. You. It's typical Goto. It's typical Goto where it's like he has this cool thing, but it's like the, totally wrong. <laughs> he does it in the dorkiest, geekiest way possible. Yeah. So, yeah. It'll be like Shibata uh, in the middle of the ring about to challenge Kenta, and he'll slide in and go, no, I'll challenge him. <laughs> it's like, no, yeah. go, no, no. Like, like, let it happen. No, let Shibata challenge him. Because, like, Shibata will just about to, because Kenta will be needling him, needling him. And he's like, come on, face me. And Shibata's about to say yes. And Goto's like, no, I'll do it for you. It's like, no. Yeah. Like, it's an awesome story, but fuck you. No, get out of here. <laughs> but I mean, you know, just the possibility of Ushiguroshi reverse GTR, Goto wins the never title, Shibata's holding his hand up. I mean, it's there. I, I know. Can't, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. The um, towel around his neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the t- yeah, the towel, you know. <laughs> God, I hate it. I want to punch a wall. So... And the worst part about it is... Stop like, talking you know, about it. Damn it. The worst part, too, is you'll probably have some kind of fucking, like, Tamatanga or Yujiro run-in, and Shibata will beat that guy up, and you'll be like, then why didn't he just wrestle? I know. Yeah. All right. So we had Willow Spray versus Bushi. I should say, by the way, uh, by the way, before oh, we move on to that great, one, uh, grapple great. rating, yeah, three point five six is what the people have been giving uh, White and Goto, and I have no huge disagreement with that. I was actually th- at three and a half with that as well, and and like you said, that's a tough one to rate. I think it was probably a better match than that, but it just felt like such a backdrop when it was done because I enjoyed <laughs> yeah. the match, but it was just kind of like, yeah, when it was over, you're like, ah, who cares? <laughs> I went three and a half, so um, we are accurate star raters, as 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 uh, as proven once again. Until one of these matches where they disagree with us, then they are wrong. And we are still accurate star raiders. As I think this is on. kind of interesting as well. Is we're going to move on to our next match here. This next match that we're going to talk about had 117 ratings. Jay yeah. White and Hiroki Goto only had 67 ratings. And the rest of the ratings on the show are all like pretty high. So it's like people either bounced and didn't watch this match or just felt like they weren't compelled enough to make a rating when it was done. And, and I totally agree with that. I 100% I do it because I kind of feel like I have to. But like if this if, if I didn't have to do this for any reason... I probably wouldn't rate this match. It was just like one of those ones that just didn't feel like it it really deserved or warranted a rating, but it was it was interesting to see 40 less people, you know, voting for this one. It had four things working against it. It had a red hot angle right before, so it was hard to get into it because you had the Hiromu stuff right before the match started. So you're not even into the first 10 minutes of the match because you're coming down from Hiromu. It had an angle during the fucking match with Kenta and Shibata, okay? It had an angle after the match uh, with the four guys in the ring, and the outcome was never in doubt. So who the fuck could possibly care about it? So I to- totally can see why people either ducked out and skipped right to the end of the show or just didn't feel like slapping a rating on it. So right. uh, Will Ospreay defeats Bushi. This also was sort of uh, a match that had uh, – there was uh, you know there was, there was no reason to think that Bushi could win this. I thought this was the best match on the show, edging out one other match that we'll get to. I went four and a quarter on this. I don't think it was as good – 
as Will Ospreay's super high-end stuff this year. But this was this was an excellent match. And this was Will Ospreay delivering again. And uh, look, Bushi for his part was very good here as well. The only thing I didn't like about this match was Willow Spray stealing the mist by sucking it out of Bushi's mouth. A little too goofy for me. Uh, <laughs> oh, I that's liked just, it. I liked it. <laughs> you know, it's it's one thing if like, look, that's not a unique spot. We've seen that done before. Um, you know, uh, other times with other wrestlers that that do mist. It just this came off very corny to me. It's like it just it didn't. I don't know. Um, didn't work for me. I thought it was a corny spot, but it was still an excellent match. Willow Spray retains. I went four and a quarter. Um, go ahead and walk through the ratings, and I guess we'll talk about the big angle. Yeah, so ratings-wise, I, I was right with you, too. I went four and a quarter, uh, rather than dot as well. Uh, grapple users, uh, 4.2 for this match as well. So, again, we're kind of right oh, yeah, in line I there. Absolutely. Mean, we were just... You know what we're doing here. Yeah, we're absolutely. But yeah, no, I, I'm right with you. I thought it was I, Will Ospreay's had many better matches this year, but that's not saying that this match wasn't good. It's just he's had such an incredible year. I thought this was maybe the most I enjoyed of Bushi in, in, in quite some time as well. I thought he delivered pretty big as well. He felt like he was kind of, in, it, it, I don't know if he was energized or reinvigorated or whatever it was. Like he felt like he was bringing his A game there. And Will Ospreay can roll out of bed and basically have a four star match these days with, with just about anybody. That's taking nothing away from Bushi, who again, like I said, I thought was pretty good in this match, but I, I thought Will Ospreay. Again, it was just good, and, and there was just a lot of good back and forth here. I like the stealing of the missed spot, so I maybe enjoyed that a little bit more, and enjoyed kind of the the escalation of that. Uh, you know, even doing it, you know, as even as the match was kind of winding down or whatever. And yeah, it's just to me, I, I really, really liked it. Um, no, it's not going to make any match of the year lists or whatever, but I think it was a, a solid match for both of them, and, and really, yeah, one of the better Bushi performances I've seen in, in quite some time. So we had the angle, and as expected, Hiromu came out, and I watched this live, and. This was one of those moments on Twitter where the entire it's like you feel like the app is going to break. I mean, it just everyone is just super and 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 keep in mind everyone knew he was coming back and people still went nuts, which which again adds to the idea that people just could not wait for this. Um, in the building, people went bonkers. Uh, this really felt like a huge huge moment when he finally came out, and this is going to be a. Uh, obviously a big deal that, that this guy has returned. Um, he ran around and took a bunch of bumps, symbolic bumps into the railings, into the entrance ramp. Um, and then even flat out said in his promo, uh, basically mocked the people who said that he should tone down his wrestling style, which he's going to be that. Listen, this wrestlers are a little off and this guy this broken neck is not going to deter him. He's not going to change. And you get the sense that if he broke his neck again, he'd be okay with that. It just is what it is because he wants to go out there and perform the way he wants to perform. He made that clear by taking all the wild bumps and saying that in the promo. Um, how can I approach this? I mean, I know I'm going to annoy everybody, but that's what I do. Oh, you right? do anyway. Yeah. It's any, any normal week. So, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing about Hiromu. I love Hiromu. Like everybody loves Hiromu. Bell to bell. I mean, I think the guy is a special, special talent. We've said on this show that we think he could be at the top star in the company. Forget top junior star. I think he has the potential and the charisma to be the to be a very 
a top heavyweight star in a company. Yeah. Oh, I've said I said he's, he's a guy that will, will, will could, could redefine the bounds of, of junior heavyweight and heavyweight in that company. That's right. just, you just can't deny it. You can call him a junior all you want, but he's the biggest fucking star in your company. So who cares what he is? It doesn't care what his height is or what his weight is or whatever. He's just the biggest star in the company, regardless of if he's a junior or whatnot. Yeah, I, I've said I'm on record saying that two years ago yes. that, that he was that level. So correct. Love him bell to bell. Cannot wait for that. I think this match, especially with how motivated they both are. Because they're kind of doing this thing where they feel like they're being snubbed and they don't want to work down card, and we'll get to that. I think they're gonna—they have a, the potential to have an all-time great match here. But I hate Hiromu's presentation, Rich. I hate it. I don't dislike it. I don't have no opinion. I fucking hate his presentation. I mean, the video board comes on and there's these stupid cats bouncing around. <laughs> it's like this anime bullshit, and it's like. Then it's like it's going on forever. I mean, can we just get on with it? We know he's coming out. I mean, can you just come out? I mean, what's with the fuck? I promised myself I wouldn't get worked up. <laughs> there were two cats. What is with the <laughs> just stupid cats bouncing around in the cartoons? This is pro wrestling. This is people fighting for titles and pride. It's alpha shit. And I've got fucking cartoon cats bouncing around on the screen. Okay? And then this guy finally comes out and he's carrying stuffed animals. I just, Rich, it's, I hate it. It's, it's, it's Dr. Death Steve Williams would not walk out with fucking stuffed <laughs> animals. What, how would Shinya Hashimoto respond to, to a guy walking out with stuffed animals? Antonio Inoki. Yeah, he'd fucking, fucking kick his head off, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mitsuhara Masao, uh, Masawa. How, would he allow someone to come out with fucking stuffed animals and face him and wrestle him? Okay, Bruiser Brody. Fucking go right down the line. Is Stone Cold Steve Austin going to fuck around with... Is he going to come down to the ring hugging a stuffed animal? Is he going to have an anime fucking entrance? It's pro wrestling. His his presentation... I, 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 I loathe it. It's like my least favorite thing in wrestling is his presentation. Because it takes this wrestler that I love bell to bell and downgrades him for me. And I'm telling... Listen, people can argue with me until the end of time. That will prevent him from being a main eventer. There is never going to be a main event pro wrestler that people are going to take seriously as the toughest man on the planet who walks to the ring with stuffed animals and has anime cats bouncing around on his entrance. It just it, There's a fine line here between unstable, crazy guy who doesn't care about his body, which is a gimmick I love, and a guy with cartoon cats. It's just, it's not, I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't know. I guess I should just let you fucking talk about it because I'm just going to keep on ranting and probably repeating the same yeah, points. And I think I got my point across. Yeah. It's, it's not for me, but I will say this. Okay. Wrestling has changed. Wrestling fans have changed. In 1989 in New Japan, they're laughing him out of the building. Okay. And fandom has changed. And, and, I look at people respond to this stuff and they think it's great. They love the fucking stuff cats and they love this fucking bullshit, this cartoon garbage. Okay. But it's like, so he's over. Okay. I, I still think it limits him. I truly believe it limits him. And I hate, and that's why I hate it so much. Cause I do think it limits him. I don't think you could have a main event wrestler walking out wrestle kingdom, carrying stuffed animals. I don't, you know, I don't think you could have that kind of entrance for a main event wrestler and expect to draw my, I, I don't, I think at the end of the day, 
when it comes to their main event wrestlers and suspending your disbelief for the baddest motherfucker on the planet, it can't be that. It's got to be something else. Even acknowledging that, you know, fans have changed over the years. And, and you know, I'm not saying I, I – I, and I still – and that's the fucked up thing. Like I still love the wrestler. You know, it's just I got to block it out. And, and then, you know, when the bell rings, he's fucking phenomenal. And I think just with a couple slight changes in his presentation, the sky's the limit for that guy. I, I, it bothers me, while, but I can also acknowledge that, you know, fans are different now. And there's a new breed of fan that's more accepting of that stuff. Is that fair? Yeah, no, it, it is, and 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 that they're gonna sell a shit ton of little cats too, so that definitely helps a little bit. You know, I, I no with it being with the Bushy Road Company and them yeah. being, you know, very. I, I promise, I'm, yeah. Listen, I promise, I'm gonna let you go, but it's like that's the one thing I was saying all along. I was like, at least sell these fucking things. Oh, and he does. To. And now they, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. they're selling them for a long time, I and know. now they are, and that you know. So anyway, well, see what you gotta say about the. Uh, no, I, I, I'm kind of with you as well, and we, we've said it before. I, I to me, that's not the presentation I would go with, but. At the end of the day, as long as that once the bell rings, he doesn't he he beca- he's he's exactly what he was before w- once the bell rings, and he's exactly the Hiromu that we we kind of know and we, we love in ring. I the other stuff doesn't really bother me that much. You know, I could, I I absolutely see your point. You know, walking out to main event the Tokyo Dome or whatever that that's not going to happen if, if with a guy carrying two cats or whatever. It's not going to happen with a guy with a bunch of you know animated cats in 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 his his main video. So that does kind of put a ceiling and a cap on him. And I truly believe that if he was ever going to get to that point, that they would maybe lose some of that stuff and he would become a little bit more of a serious. Because that's, that's just how New Japan books. Like, guys are very serious, you know, and, and, and this is a life and death thing. These are wars. These are fights or whatever uh, in terms of the main events or whatever. It, it's, it's, I, I don't love it, but right now it hasn't affected his work just yet. Once he starts really – if he starts bringing that fucking cat into the ring and hitting people with the cat – and the cat's distracting guys, and the cat's rolling people. Like, then we'll talk. Then we'll say, okay, this is getting a little overboard. But as long as he comes out with a cute little cat or whatever, a bunch of people buy the little cat, he puts it in the corner, and then he 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 wrestles like Hiromu wrestles. I'm not going to worry about it too much, but I, but I get your hesitation too. I do get your point as well. And we've talked about it before that 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 it's just not for us. Like I I love sort of the Sabu esque work style of Hiromu and he's a guy that's not coming out with fucking stuffed animals <laughs> you know what I mean like he's not that's just not what he's going to do and that's not what any other other guys that you mentioned these other top tier workers these other top tier legends or whatever none of those guys would, would, would be doing that and that's not to say that in the future guys aren't going to be coming out with stuffed animals and being good like he might buck that trend he might be a guy that is the top star while he comes out with you know stuffed animals or whatever but I'm with you I don't I don't see it I, I, I see that as a limiting factor in, in some ways so uh, yeah if, if, if I were going to put a put him to a, in a main event slot and really push him, I, I'd probably lose the, the cats a little bit too. But as long as they sell and as long as it doesn't affect the work, I don't really care all that much, to be honest. But I, I do get where you're coming from for sure. It's um, what was I gonna say? Uh, it's probably better that I forgot. Probably just would have got me in more trouble. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I totally forgot what I was gonna say. It's whatever. Um, didn't oh, this is what I was gonna say. Also, um, the angle. The, the the post the uh you know the angle when he finally got in the ring went a little long I think it went a little long it went a tad long Rich I think they kind of lost the crowd by the end a little bit I'm not saying they completely lost the crowd but all of that to me needed to happen a little brisker it took forever for the fucking dopey cat video to finish with the fucking lighting the bomb and everything I mean let's get on with it please Okay, I got shit to do. It's four in the morning. And then, um, you know, it took him forever to get to the ring. I get it. He took his bumps. That's fine. And then he gets in the ring and he's like bending over to show his neck is okay. And then, 
you know, Will Ospreay's talking forever, then he's talking forever. Can we please get to the fucking point? It, I thought it went. It did tad. get a little long in the tooth. It did get a long in the tooth. And I was a little bit like I was a little down on it. And then they had that press conference, and I was like, oh, I'm fucking in again. And then the press conference reeled me right back in. I, <laughs> I love like, the fuck fucking build yes. for this. <laughs> it's like Willow Spray with a chip on his shoulder is a dangerous motherfucker. And with him out there with something to prove, and I believe he genuinely has a chip on his shoulder. Okay? And he ran down all the great things he did. And then Hiromu agreeing with him all the way, and Rich, they did that fist bump. They did that fucking fist bump. Goosebumps for that shit. They did that fucking fist bump. Like, yeah, man, I agree with you. You know, we're rivals. We both want this title. But we're also on the same team, right? And then he's like, maybe we could form a faction with just juniors and have our own fucking unit. And I'm like, holy shit. You know, this is this is great. Like, you don't have to have every match be two guys who want to murder each other, right? You could have a match where there's two professional rivals who both want to win the match and beat each other, but also have a common goal. And that's what makes this match a little different. And you have Will Ospreay who wants to, who with a chip on his shoulder, and you've got Hiromu who wants to show everybody that he's healthy. Rich, how good can this fucking match be? Oh, yeah, it's going to be, yeah. I, 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 right after that press conference, I, 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 I was counting on the days, looking at how many days I have to wait <laughs> until I see this match, because it is, it is going to be next level great, and, and anything less than, like, the best match of the weekend is 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 going to feel disappointing in some ways, and and I just don't even t- like it is it's Will Osprey, you know, given all he's done, and if Hiromu is healthy and one hundred percent cleared and ready to go, which you know he seemed to indicate pretty clearly in the ring that he is ready to go and he's ready, to, you know, and he's not going to change anything about his style. If that's to be believed, and we're going to get that Hiromu, and we're going to get this Will, then my God, this guy's the fucking limit for this match. I can't, yeah. I can't even imagine what there's, this guy's going to do. I can't wait. There's just a, it's like. There's a fine line with Hiromu, though. I don't want him to cross over to Rodeo Clown, and it's close. I, I, we can leave it at that. I just I think that it's not there yet, but the cats don't help. Okay, first of all, the cartoons and the cats don't help, but he's he's close. I don't want him to cross over into a parody. And with his presentation, it, it kind of teeters on the brink of that, and and that has always concerned me. And, and yeah, I just want him to be fucking unstable and crazy. You know, and, and, and have no regard for his body. That's a cool character. But um, anyway, that was Ospreay and, and Bushi and then the uh, the big angle afterwards. And I lost my place. Okay, so we had Kenta and Tomohiro Ishii, the rematch from England. Um, and, and this delivered. I thought this was, this was the match I was talking about when I said the junior match edged out one other match to me for match of the night. I went four flat on this. Um, this delivered almost uh, – the, the thing about this, though, is they had a different match than they had in England. Kenta really took like 80% of this match, and this is another reason why I think they want to do the Shibata match because Kenta essentially dominated Tomohiro Ishii, and it's like – and then they had him beat up Shibata. It feels like they're setting up a Shibata match and making Kenta look as strong as possible and getting there. But in terms of a match where one guy takes like 80% of the match – I mean, you know, this was about as good as it gets. And, and there was the one great hope spot where Ishii um, finally cracked Kenta in the mouth with a forearm. Did you see that, Rich? Oh, and then the great I, I didn't see it. I that. heard it. I fucking yeah. heard it. My ears were ringing. Yeah. And then they got that great shot of Kenta in the corner on the second turnbuckle holding his jaw and Ishii looming in the background. Oh, my God. Just incredible fucking camera work. But uh, but yeah, this this delivered. What you think of this? Yeah, I'm right with you. I, I was I was four stars on the dot as well. 
Um, maybe not like delivered in terms of like, oh my god, this is the match. Like, it wasn't my match of the night. I, like, I, I liked Will and Bushi a little bit more, but yeah, it was a good, clean match, and it, it got the story over perfect as well. Like halfway through the match, I'm, I'm like, man, Kenta's taking a lot of this thing, and then as he kept going and kept going and kept going, I then realized, okay, what we're doing here is we're just building Kenta up. Like Tomohiro Ishii is just the guy who you know is is here facing Kenta this month or whatever. Yeah, you know, I was assuming it'd be a little bit more back and forth. I assuming you know going in that maybe we'd get a lot more hope spots out of Ishii and a lot more stuff like that. But when it was done i was like no that's exactly what it needed to be it, it, it now set kenta up as, as a guy who, who you know yeah he's this never open weight champion he just beat ishii who's next like who's next in, the, in, in his path and we saw you know later in the night it's, it's either shimada or goto that's that's next on his path or whatever so i really like the way that they kind of structured the match and, and because of that yeah i i went four stars that i really really did enjoy it and uh grapple users uh joe you'll be happy to know 4.05 right on the dot there with four stars we are uh we are the consensus right now. We are the consensus makers, I think, really, more than anything. On a roll here. Uh, junior, Super Junior Tag League final, as expected, Rapongi 3K. They win their third in a row. <laughs> they defeat um, a team that was just fucking a delight throughout the whole tournament, Despi and Kanemaru, um, to, to win the Super Junior Tag League, as expected. So they will face, and it is now official, uh, Desperado and Ishimori. On one of the two Tokyo Dome shows, they may have named which one, but I don't remember. Uh, I believe they did. Hold on one, one second. I can <laughs> yes. get it exactly right. in case people get because people get upset and say, "By the way, it's you know it's this one." Uh, it is going to be I believe night two. Night two, they're going to be facing. Okay, so night two again. Not that it really matters, but um, so so yeah. I mean, this was an excellent Super Junior Tag League. Um, I watched every match in the tournament. I don't think anything was below three and a half stars. Um, it was just. You know, one match after another. I mean, maybe, yeah, I can't even say the matches with the Young Lions because those were really good, too. So um, this capped off a good tournament. Um, Rapongi 3K, they did some back selling here in this one. And then, uh, you know, of course, you get the whiskey down the stretch and everything. I went 3.75 on this. I thought it was just a uh, smidge below a four-star match. And it was pretty much um, of the quality of most everything else in the tournament, although I think there was probably – about a half a dozen tournament matches that were probably better than this. If I'm being, if I'm being a fair and honest. Yeah, it didn't really, I, it didn't click with me all that much. And I think it may have been, you know, knowing I, you know, I, I went and spoiled and I think knowing that Rapongi 3k won kind of hurt it a little bit for me. I, I, I don't know why it just kind of felt like they were kind of dull and that they shouldn't have been the winners uh this tournament. I get why they are. And I get why the, it's happening the way it's happening or whatever. It's just, you know, watching it, I was just like, ah, it kind of feels samey. It just kind of feels all the same. And I felt like I did see so many other better matches throughout this junior tournament, going back and watching this stuff and, and, and trying to binge watch it over the last few, you know, days before Power Struggle. And the stuff that got hyped and the stuff that people were telling me to watch was all, like, really high level, like, really great stuff. And I don't know if this match ever felt like it reached that level. I enjoyed it. Like, I still liked it. But it just never, it never clicked with me all that much. And I know you, you said you went 3.75. I went, uh, I went 3 a quarter so I was a little bit lower than you but uh, yeah it was still like a solid well worked match it's just it didn't feel spectacular to me and it just didn't you know after such a really good tournament I was hoping for a little bit more out of the final and it just felt kind of paint by numbers or I, I don't know the exact terminology that I would use but it just it just didn't click with me all that much well grapple have it uh, grapple users 3.5 so right in between you and I there with unbelievable we're something else I tell <laughs> you we're, we're you know we're accurate star raiders there's no question about it um Rapongi 3K, I think part of the problem is they never really hit the heights we think they're going to hit. They were probably the fourth best team in this tournament. You know, so it's like, I thought Birds of Prey were the best team in the tournament. I thought uh, Despi and Kanemaru were a more interesting team in this tournament. I thought uh, ELP and Ishimori had a good tournament. I yeah, thought the coaches 
Uh, Taguchi and Romero, I thought, had a very good tournament. You could argue that Rapongi 3K was anywhere from the third to fifth best team in the tournament. Here's what I would like to see. I want them to win the titles on the fifth. I want them to hold the titles until a good solid reign. Maybe not even lose them to like King of Pro Wrestling or something. Just hold them all year and then do the breakup angle. And Yo goes heel. Show goes babyface. Uh, they have a match, uh, you know, January 4th, 2021, uh, you know, and then show, you know, wins that match and becomes your, your junior ace, babyface junior ace. I mean, that's what I would do. I think it's time. They've won three of these fucking things in a row. Yeah, they're going to win four. Yeah, they've won three of the, the, the junior tag leagues. They, they, they've won three. They've had three reigns as champions. They'll have a fourth, I'm assuming, uh, after Wrestle Kingdom. And, you know, we're dating back to 2017 as well. Like, we're getting a little long in the tooth here. Uh, Give with, them a trademark yeah. run this year and then break them up, right? Put Yo in LIJ, which we've been fucking, which we dick teased before we went on excursion, right? Put put Show, uh, you, you know, because to me, Show, it can be a junior ace. You know, I I, I think he can be. Um, and, you know, Will Ospreay will have moved on by then. And, uh, you know, and then it's really, you know, you know, Robbie Eagles, I don't think is going to be like a junior ace. He'll be a quality guy to have around. But, you know, I think that'd be a good role for show. And the timing is perfect. So that's what I hope to see. We had Tetsuya Naito defeating Taichi. Uh, singles match, of course, to set Naito setting up, uh, you know, his uh, Intercontinental title challenge. I thought this was a, these guys have good chemistry. Taichi always does his best work against Naito. And I thought this was a condensed version of the other good matches that they've had. And it needed to be that. I didn't think Naito needed to go 20 minutes with this guy. No. He needed a 12-minute win over a guy at this level, and that's what they did. And I went 3-7-5 on it. Um, a, a, a good, tight, condensed version of the other good matches that they've had. Yeah, so, so for me, and, and it's one of these weird ones, and we always talk about it as well, is the theory behind rating, you know, star ratings and all that sort of stuff. I only went three and a quarter with this one, and the big reason why I did that is not because I didn't like it, because I did enjoy it. It just, to me, it felt, like you said, very compact, very much Naito dominating. Naito just puts him away. And sometimes those matches do click, and they're, and they're, and they're good, and they're exactly what they need to be. And this was one of those, where, where it, it was exactly what it needed to be, but from a pure, like, Rating standpoint, did I think that this match is spectacular? Did I think it's on equal footing as, as Osprey and, and Bushi or equal footing as Kenta and Tomorushi? In no way at all did I think that. And it's one of these weird ones where like you can finish a match and go, ah, that was perfect, but then also give it a rating that people might say, oh, you thought that match sucked. And it's like, no, I thought it was perfect. It's just like, you know, it wasn't to me a spectacular match. It wasn't a match that really kind of grabbed my attention, but it was exactly what it needed to be. It was exactly the way that I would have booked it where Naito doesn't need to go neck and neck with Taichi. I don't need a bunch of Taichi to, you know, near falls and Naito barely kicking out and then finally putting him away. I just need Naito to put this asshole away and say, fuck off, I'm, I'm going to Wrestle Kingdom. Bye, go away. Like, and that's exactly what it was so yeah even though i rate it, it you know at 3.25 it's still a match that i enjoyed and still the right booking 100 uh, with what they did and and joey would be stunned to learn you went 3.75 i went three and a quarter grapple users 3.5 so <laughs> wow incredible just a conundrum of star ratings because it's like you know it's it, you could have a perfect like even in like movies or something what you could have a a perfectly done romantic comedy. Is it ever going to rank with the greatest films of all time? Right. Probably exactly. Not. Yeah. You know, and then you could do that for music or anything else too. It, it, it's so it, it, it's tricky. And it's why I go back and forth on, on star ratings. Cause sometimes I hate them because you know, what do I do with the perfect squash match? What do I do with the perfect eight minute television tag team match between a pushed team and a mid card team works to perfection. I, I, you know, it's like, what do you do with that? You know, it's, it's basically you just have to accept 
that when dealing with pro wrestling star ratings, the scale is main event world title match. That's the scale. And that's just the way it is. And it's like, that's where the scale begins. Yeah, for some people. Or or what I would say is the scale's fluid and you need to know what your reviewer does. Because some people might rate everything yeah. on, on, on an equal scale. And, I mean, that's difficult. I don't know how anybody does that because like, I'm, I'm the scale that you're talking about there. But yeah. there might be people that, that do it otherwise. And I think it's just about knowing what those people are going to rate. And, and I'm somebody right. who, who rates on that. I, I think of, okay, how spectacular, how, you know, how in, in, engaging, how, you know, whatever a match is. And, like, yeah, squash matches. I love squash. They're one of my favorite matches ever is where uh, the bell rings. NWA Power. We haven't been talking about it in a few weeks. But I still yeah. fucking love that show because it's exactly what I want out of wrestling. Sometimes yeah. a weekly wrestling show where the guys go in there, the bell rings and the guys that are supposed to win, just put away the guys that aren't supposed to win in about a minute. And then they go off and they cut a promo. And I'm like, that's fine. Like all these matches are good, but I would never rate any of them like four stars. You know what? what the, there hasn't been a match on NWA power. That's been worthy of, you know, three no, stars because, above, because, because you, you accept the scale of being, you know, uh, ideally a five star match is something comparable to a main event world title match where everything works. And it doesn't mean that something fourth from the top can't be a five-star match if it's just a f- spectacular match. But you use – that's just – we accept that that's the scale. And I don't know that that's fair, but that's it, – it, it's just the way it is. You know, it, it's like Weird Al Yankovic could make a great comedy album of comedy songs, but no one's ever going – it could be the perfect comedy album of parody songs. No one's ever rating it as high as – the best work of the Beatles. It's just never going to happen. Yeah, right. Like, just- yeah, I, I think your rom com thing is perfect as well because I'm a. I know you're a big rom com guy, and I am as well. They're like they're great popcorn movies. What? They're just fucking great to just sit back and just watch Paul Rudd try to navigate through life and just figure out if he's going to find the right woman or not. You know what I mean? Like, and it, like I enjoy them. I always like them. But no, am I going to sit down and be like, well, man, that was comparable to Citizen Kane right there? <laughs> like that, that you know, Paul Rudd tries to find himself in New York. Like that, you know, it's it's you know, <laughs> what movie is that? I don't Paul know. Rudd finding himself. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. One of them, I'm sure. So, I like. I love you, man. That was a good one. That is a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> I like how we we um, you know we we our wrestling views uh, you know aligns sometimes, but man, there's nothing that aligns more than you, between you and I than like our fucking love of of just generic rom coms. They fucking rule, man. <laughs> They're the best. I, yeah, it's like I it's it depends though. Like I don't like Matthew McConaughey rom coms. Those are bad. And I don't like. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. And I don't like, like, um, you know, like Renee Zellweger, like, you know, Bridget Jones' diary. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think that you did. Uh, that you. Those liked are well. bad. Those like, are but, more of the woman finding themselves in New York, like the I'm a journalist and I'm just trying to find the right man in the city. Like, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like those stink. Like those you're Catherine really Heigl. Bad, you're just but, like insert random Catherine Heigl. Like, oh, I just, I just want to find a good guy. There's just no good guys out there, and then there is a good guy, Joe. There is a yeah, good guy. Uh, but like when Judd Apatow makes one, it's more geared towards towards dudes. Let's be honest, and you know they're very funny. Um, good way to burn two hours. So what do we have next? Let's get off that topic real quick. Um, <laughs> you want to talk about rom coms anymore? All right, it's fine. That's I, cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's fine. Uh, next was uh, uh, Tanahashi Nabushi versus uh, Chaos. We can pretty much cruise through the rest of this undercard too because yeah, I don't yeah, have, yeah, yeah. remember so that about it, anything to be honest. Well, you know they did the one big false finish where I thought Yoshihashi was going to beat Tanahashi. That did that get you or no? Uh no, nah, not really. Because it got it, me it, watching it, live. It got me. I got to admit. <laughs> 
It got me, and it did get Twitter. So in watching live, we were fooled by that near fall. But Tanahashi and Ibushi predictably beat uh, Okada and, and Yoshihashi. And then we had Evil Sonata and Shingo defeating Lance Archer, Minoru Suzuki, and Zack Sabre Jr. Lance Archer cutting promos during the match in the English commentary booth. <laughs> I did enjoy that. <laughs> challenging David Finley for uh, – uh, the show in where is that? Is that San Jose or oh, San Jose? Yeah, San Jose this weekend. Yeah. Okay, so he will defend the U.S. title against uh, David Finley. We had a Fantasmo and Ishimori defeating Robbie. Ooh, Eagles I'm surprised you America. you you caused over something that I thought you would love, and I think you may have tweeted out about this. But how awesome was it that those guys came out to Lance Archer's music? Oh yeah, yeah. We should bring that up. You know, they didn't come out to, in a second yeah. to Lance Archer. What a world. That's right. And even Saber, who does hold a title, but not a New Japan title, so Archer got to lead the charge. Well, you know, just he's had a tremendous year, and you got to feel great for the guy. He's 43 years old, 42, 43, whatever it is. If he's 42 and I'm saying 43, he's going to get mad at me. But he's either <laughs> going to kill you. Yeah. He's going to tweet at you and say he's going to kill you coming up. Yeah. That's... Yeah. He's either 42 or 43. He had a broken back at the age of like 39 or 40. He is, uh, he is 42. Uh, born the day after I was born. So there you go. You're 42. I'm not for No, I mean, on the birthday that he's actually born. I, mean, I wasn't born in 1977, like old ass Lance Archer, but. Jeez! Now I'm now I'm eating a choke slam for sure. <laughs> yeah, guys doing moon salts on her. I know he's so much more athletic than I could ever be. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Guy played quarterback in college. I mean, take I, I played basketball uh, at lunch, and my I'm icing my knee right now. So. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, and he's arguably having. I don't even think arguably he is having the best year of his career. Oh, sure. It's crazy. No like, there's no there's no reason that this should be the case, you know. And I thought the G1 match against Willow Spray was the coming out party, and um, good for him, you know, and certain, thanks to certain circumstances where Mox couldn't, you know, with the, the fucking, was it a tsunami or a monsoon or a typh- typhoon, right? It was a typhoon. It was a typhoon, so, yes. I went through every other natural disaster. <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, it's sort of an earthquake, kind of, I guess. So I'll well, not, No, a, yeah. a typhoon and a monsoon and a hurricane are all the same thing. It just depends what part of the earth they're happening on. I think. You don't believe me, but it's true. No, I'm sure you've looked this up recently. So. A, a, a hurricane emanates in the Atlantic Ocean. A typhoon emanates in the Pacific Ocean. And a, I believe a monsoon happens like in the Indian Ocean or like the Southern Hemisphere. I, I'm almost okay. positive. Okay. I'm right about that. They're all the same thing. It just depends. I don't. I, th- I think you're hur- I think a hurricane and a typhoon are the same. I don't know that a monsoon is. The exactly monsoon's right. not the same. I don't think so. Yeah. I, listen, I got two out of three. You know, I, <laughs> I think the monsoon is definitely a different sort of thing happening. But okay, I all right. I know. All right, that's fine. Maybe. All right, now you got me I, thinking. All right, hold on. I, th- I think I'm right though. Look it up. People like this stuff. All right. So we're, we're trying to figure out a monsoon. Well, listen, a hurricane and a typhoon, I know, are the same <laughs> that, thing. That, I, yeah. You're, you're, I think you're on the – okay. Here's here's what this uh, – right, uh, a monsoon are seasonally directed winds that are common in eastern and southern Asia. That's That doesn't answer our question at all. No, it doesn't. Uh, a monsoon is a very large sea breeze. Land gets up, uh, air moves it away, and is replaced by moisture and a cloudy air coming but in. That's from what ocean. hurricanes and typhoons are. They're sea breezes. It's the same fucking thing. It doesn't answer the question. No, I think it's either. a storm more than a. Br- I don't know. I don't. I don't yeah, know. But the storm is defined by the wind. <laughs> I gotta find a can definitive. You, like these sites suck. I need to find a definitive take on this. Can you confirm that a hurricane and a typhoon are the same? You d- yeah, no, they are. It just depends where they emanate from. The, 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 like you said, the hurricane is is the the Atlantic Ocean and, and a uh, 
right. Uh, uh, yeah. So it's Gorilla Monsoon we're confused about. Yeah, monsoon has got us. Yeah, we're, we're not quite sure about the Monsoon. So we got so. Gorilla Monsoon. We got Typhoon Fred Ottman. We got Hurricane <laughs> Shane Helms. Yeah, there you go. All right. They're all wrestlers. That's unfortunately all I know is uh, is, is wrestlers here. So, um, oh, it's interesting too. Ooh, did you know this? So, hurricanes. This is from the government of Canada. I trust the government of Canada. They wouldn't lie to me here. Um, even though none of these things happen to them, I don't know why they give a shit. But uh, hurricane uh, hurricanes from June first to November thirtieth in the Atlantic and Northeast Pacific Oceans, especially the Caribbean, Mexico, Central America, and the East and Gulf Coasts of the United States. Um, and then from May 15th to November 30th in the Eastern Pacific Ocean, that's when hurricanes happen. So it's not always not the Pacific Ocean. Time of year, too. Time of year. Why Ty- don't they just call? Why don't they call them all the same? I know thing? this is very confusing. Typhoons mainly from June to December in the Northwest Pacific Ocean. Okay, oh, so typhoons are in the Northwest. Hurricanes are the Eastern Pacific Ocean as well as the Atlantic Ocean. You ready for cyclones? Yes. Year-round cyclones, but mainly from November to April in the South Pacific and Indian Oceans. So a cyclone is a hurricane and a typhoon. Kind of, yes. But, just no, but is in, it? It is. It is. It's a year-round occurrence of a hurricane or typhoon right. in the South Pacific or Indian Oceans. Okay, so it, a monsoon is different, but the other three are the same. Correct. A monsoon. Now, thank you, Government of Canada, coming through pretty good here. Uh, monsoons are heavy seasonal rain that occurs in parts of East, South, and Southeast Asia, Oceania, and Western Sahara, Africa. Uh, right. They take place at different times of the year, depending on the region. So, All right, right. And a tsunami is a, like a tidal wave. I That's think, the yeah. Russian I, I, This isn't here either, so I don't know. Completely <laughs> really different. Yeah. All right. Oh, I guess I always thought a tsunami was a okay. I when you were saying monsoon, I was thinking tsunami, but now I see why we have. <laughs> see, a monsoon is a hurricane and a typhoon. I'm telling <laughs> you, you. Might be right. Yeah, they're all the fucking same. Tsunamis, yeah. No, okay, you're right. That's tsunamis. That's I, was, I was like, Joe, no, it's very different. Like a tsunami is definitely different than a. But you were talking about a monsoon. I get it. Okay. Do you know my most frequent nightmare? Is, <laughs> is this, this conversation that we're having right now? <laughs> It will be, but it, my new, my most frequent nightmare is tidal waves repeatedly coming at me as like, you know, I'm in a building on the shore, but like, you know, enormous tidal waves. What do you think that means about me, Rich? I don't know. Yeah, let's, uh, have you ever done you a search on that? Have you ever done a look? On, uh, you, you know, know my, other one I have, my other one I have is I'm in a car and the brakes don't work. That's oh, I've another done a one. Lot. I have. I've done a lot. Yeah, that one too? Yeah. yeah. You ever have this one? one? Do you ever have the one where like your teeth are falling out of your mouth and crumbling? I don't. That that must be some like mortality one there. That's that's like I've never had that one, but I'm also not you know forty, so I, I think that's one that you might have. Whoa! To... <laughs> I apologize. Kayfabe. Like Lance Archer. Like Lance Archer. We were just talking about I've been how having Lance Archer that one was. for many years. Okay, I've been having that one five years ago when I was twenty five. Really? So I don't want to hear about. Well, you you have talked about your mortality, so maybe it's not an old thing. Maybe it's just a. a, a... I'm scared to death of. of... Of, of getting dying. old, yeah, you hate it, getting old and, and dying old. or whatnot. So, okay, so, the whole thing. so water in dreams symbolizes your subconscious and emotional states, the state and color of the water. What is this? Is it dirty water? Is it like? Nah, it's just ocean. It's just straight ocean water. Okay, uh, this says if the the water is dark or muddy, maybe it's your subconscious trying to reveal some hidden desires that you have. So that's not the case though. You're talking about pretty clear water, correct? 
I don't f- – listen, I'm not testing the clarity of the water. In the <laughs> well, this dream is apparently a big deal. I don't know. The tidal wave's coming Talk at me. Talk to mydreamsymbolism.com. They want to know what color though. This uh, is as bad as astrology. You know that, right? <laughs> it's pretty terrible. Dreams about waves are fairly common, and they always bear a big message for you. Like water, waves, and dreams often symbolize your emotions. Well, no fucking shit. Come on. Let's get to the – okay, this sucks. This is terrible. This just says they may represent secret, secret emotions, threats, new opportunities, or different occasions. Well, yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, okay, big and uncontrollable waves. Would you consider those big and uncontrollable? Yes. A uh, sign of anger and rage against someone. Interesting. Big well, that, I mean, that's, that's you and, and rage a, that's towards a lot of things. That's I every mean, day of your life there. 